Okay, it is cur this 420 right now. Pretty good. Ah, happy weed minute 420. Happy weed minute. Happy, happy weed minute. Happy lacroix minute. Happy tangerine lacroix minute. Happy tangerine brackets mobile suit minute. The best mobile suit. The second best mobile suit. Happy truly original lemonade hard seltzer minute. Mm. Um, happy Gundam style, everyone. Happy Gundam Happy minute. Gundam style. <laughs> I'm happy this week because we had a good set of episodes, didn't we? We 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 sure had a set of episodes. Who yeah. are we, by the way? I'm Sarah. My pronouns are uh, she and they, and um, I. I'm still mourning the death of one other podcast. I need to get out of my system. Sorry. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I will believe it. I believe this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, hi, I'm Colin. My pronouns are they and them. Uh, I'm Max. My pronouns are he and him, and I've just poured the rest of my La Croix tangerine over the grave of Nart. Very sad to see it go. Saluting. Yeah, uh, Sarah, I'm very confused as to why you're not dead right now, but, um, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, I'm glad I can still, uh, uh, experience you in some way. <laughs> well, well, here's a, here's the thing. If podcasts are their soul stone, um, they only lost Nart. They still are gonna be alive until the end of Zeta. Uh-huh. So <laughs> and, and then they'll be gone. Yeah, 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 after that. Oh, and Alpha also like Yu-Gi-Oh keeps me alive. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh makes me want to die sometimes, but that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> well luckily Zeta Gundam doesn't. Yeah, oh yeah, by the way, this is Wow Cool Robot, if you didn't know already. You probably did. But just in case, we like to cover our bases here at um Wow Cool Robot Industries. Cover our moon bases. Cover our Virginia beaches. Cover Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, Virginia Beach City on the moon. On yeah. the on moon. Armstrong Park from Virginia Beach. That's where King Neptune is. <laughs> um, yeah, you, was, you all want to just get right into it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Robot. When the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie, that's Half Made Love, uh, episode 31. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> this is, oh man, like this is probably my favorite episode of Zeta. Uh, which is weird because it's a weird little side episode, but I just, I love this episode. No, no, so no, I, I get that. Like, there yeah. is, like, fantastic, like, yeah, definitely, like, series-high character moments in this one. And also, this is the episode that proves that Brain Freeze can break new type control over someone. Definitively. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that, it, that just does that. Uh, it, instead of the soup in this episode, we have the sorbet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know how in, um, um, oh, shoot, what's the movie... Is it signs where the aliens are like die with water? Yeah, it's like that. It's like all you have to do is like dump some ice on Paptimus, and he just like shrivels up. <laughs> um, well, here we are. Here we are on Moom once again, our favorite yeah. place to go. We're at Virginia Beach City, because uh, our ship is shitty and messed up, and we have to repair it because we cannot help but getting shot at. Because we're fools, we're targets. Everyone wants to hate us. It's 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 nothing to do with our bad takes or anything. No 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 yeah. no no. Of course not. <laughs> the argument only has correct takes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh. Well, I you you say that, but like Fa is trying to do her due diligence and like fix up a mobile suit. Uh. And everybody keeps repeatedly tell that uh, repeatedly telling her that she should be hanging out with the kids because she might not get another chance to because they they're gonna they're gonna go live on the moon. Uh, and she should stop doing work that's going to keep everybody alive, and instead should just go hang out with children, because that's what Fa should do. Honestly, I'm genuinely just so confused. I'm like, why is Fa their mother now? Like, there's no... Apart from the fact that she's a woman, th th that's it. That's it. 
No, yeah, that well, that's the thing. That's literally the only. Re- it's just, it's just like I'm getting to the point where I'm become numb to it almost. Yeah. It just happens so much. I'm just like, okay, like every time Fa's on screen, I'm just like gesturing in my mind, like, all right, get it over with. Someone say something misogynistic so we can move on with the plot. It's just we hate to see it. Yeah, Justice speaking for of moving on with the plot, the kids Justice move on with the plot Fa. and go to the park. Apparently, yeah, we gotta go to Armstrong Plaza, named after uh, everyone's favorite bicyclist, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. My okay. My thought was ah, oh, named after Alex Lewis Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. This park has been passed down in the Armstrong family for generations. <laughs> they even have their own pizza place. It's great. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, the kids just wander off the ship uh, while everyone's trying to tell Fa that she needs to be a mo- mother, and like Torres like sees them like walk by and he's like, oh good, Fa must be taking them, it, without actually seeing Fa take them or anything, so it's, yeah. you know, uh, uh, ludicrous men who don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> At some point, we sort of cut over after the kids leave, and we see... We see a fucking little man! We, we see our good friend Sarah from Podcast um, in a in a little, little blue bell-bottom boy, don't we? <laughs> He's got them apple-bottom jeans and the wings with the cool triangles on his head. The cool triangles on his head. Yeah. I I will say uh, I I did tell you guys I don't really like this design like I uh-huh. don't I don't Asimar hate it but like I don't really like it but he, oh, I do gotta admit it does look it does look good when it move I just yeah. I don't like the the static design but wow it uh, fast cool robot, robot. <laughs> cool robot gee, gee Sarah how come how come Papus lets you have five mono eyes <laughs> he's a fun, he's just a funky little guy with little blue bat wings. It's it's yeah. It definitely looks a lot better in motion. Um, we can't see the name yet. Dressed we haven't learned up it yet. like he's Kate Bush on a show. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. And speaking of getting dressed up, um, <gasps> one, of, one of Sarah's co-pilots sort of gives her like a little briefcase full of spy clothes. Hmm, secret clothes. She's on a Metal Gear Solid yeah. sneaking mission. Yeah, and she's got clothes that will blend in and not stand out and look fresh as fuck at all. Dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, she she's she's gonna go into the city, and yeah, the next scene, the next scene, the next. What Camille is like writing Dear in his diary, diary yeah. out loud about Fa. Today I said a bunch of misogynistic things to Fa, and then Quattro Bigina came around, and I said, "Oh wow, Quattro, oh, you're so cool." Except you're not. I kind of hate you. Oh my god. Here, here's the theory, right? Um, I think that Ayug. Like in like Wong and Carbine are like just nasty people who I guess probably give you like a tax credit of some sort for being misogynistic. So everyone has to write down in their diary. They have to sort of document all the times it happens, which is why Camille's writing this because uh-huh. like, you know he needs to save a little bit extra money. He's got to meet his quota of like exactly yeah yeah weird things said to a woman. What happens in this scene? Uh, I think Far comes in and is like, "Oh my God, my children that are mine and I have run away my, to the park my without children. me. The, the ones children I have. Me, Far. <laughs> and they got to give chase because you know they're yeah. kids. You can't you can't leave two kids wandering around Virginia Beach. It's simply not safe. Yeah." yeah. Yeah. They're going to be confused about the punctuation signs. They won't know what that means. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they won't know where the good pizza places are. They're going to stumble into the bad pizza places. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just not going to be a good situation. Yeah. Someone describe Sarah's outfit. Um. So it's my gender identity is what this is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, good. That checks out. Keep going. 
Keep going. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it's so uh we've got we've got some big like chunky uh like navy like business slacks that <laughs> are cuffed and rolled up a little bit. Um some, you know, some some nice heels, a uh, black halter top with a big just a big big tan coat. Like uh, some halter top. Important yeah, to know. Uh, a bunch of pearl necklaces. Like three or uh, four three of, them. of them. Yeah. And just an absolute perfect crisp beret. It's uh, it's such a look. It's so good. Sarah Zabiarov posted this image in reddit.com slash r slash streetwear, and they had to shut the subreddit down because no one else could be more hypebeast than this. <laughs> <laughs> just just the, the drip on this bitch. Ugh. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Drip um, too. Hard. Yeah, and and she's wandering around, uh, but then her kind of Camille Bidan proximity meter like pings. Her Biden meter starts glowing. Her Biden meter starts glowing. She sees a sign that says "Vote for Biden," and she just tears it up. And she just says, "I hit that kid." She starts saying, "No malarkey, no malarkey." <laughs> um. So, oh yeah, this is where the we have the fun shop names because in order to like avoid running into Camille, she she goes into a shop. Which is a very cool boutique called Menthol. Mm-hmm. You know, Menthol. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a chain we because all know. Yeah, it's so minty fresh, that's why. Get all my clothes I, I, from Menthol. I get my pants from American Eagle, I get my shirts from Uniqlo, and I get my, my, my nice jackets and hats from Menthol. Yeah. And there's also a, uh, like a like a garage in the background called Fook. Fook. <laughs> ah, Fook. Ah, Fook. You, well, it's, it's called that because that's what you say when your car breaks down, you have to take it to, to Fook. Yeah, like if you if you're in Ireland and you break down, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, ah, fuck, ah, beans. <laughs> That's not true. It would be fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what you don't see is slightly off camera. If it would have panned over a little bit, there, there's also a, an auto repair shop called. This is the third fucking time I pop my tire in this fucking month. I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am certainly not speaking from experience. <sighs> <sighs> fucking hate driving up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Camille, Camille's proximity meter like also activates, and he kind of goes over to Menthol. Sarah hides in the changing room. Um, this was the point in the episode at which I noticed she's also got these just sleek black gloves. Mm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can't do espionage without gloves on. You can't have those hands out. Just it's put in those the rules. Away. There's fingerprints involved. I don't think that Patmos has the fucking the Men in Black fingerprint annihilation orb. He does, but he uses it for something different. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to know what Dark Deeds he uses it for. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and the way to like for Sarah to hide, she like calls the attendant over and she's like, "Hey, can I try that on? I'm gonna wait in the dressing room." And like, we get a cute little scene of like, you know, Camille runs up to the window and sort of sees the dresses Sarah's looking at, and then and then you know, Fa runs up and 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 she's like, "You good, bro?" And he's like, "Uh, I was just thinking how you'd look in that dress." And it's just like it's like you know a fun little awkward way to cover. I mean, maybe it would have made more sense for Camille to say, "Hey, I think there's a new type in there." Because at this point, I think people would believe him. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Uh, it's still, it's teams. it's still you know, go clothes shopping with your significant yeah. other. It's fun. <laughs> also, maybe he genuinely did think she would look good in the dress. Yeah, he wasn't lying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah does comment after, after she is, like, all in the clear, and, uh, you know, Camille leaves, and then she's like, oh, no, I don't, I think that's too mature for me, and she, uh, as she heads out, she's like, why is it that once I'm aware of him, I feel uncomfortable? It's just, they've just, they're, they're harshing each other's vibes. Mm. They're not feeling it. I wonder, I wonder if the source of this is a sort of incompatibility with the more pure, uh, raw, like, Un- unfiltered new type energy coming from, from Camille compared to the absolutely slimy bastardist vibes coming from Dracula. 
Who could say? Uh, or could it be that Sarah is really fucking cool and Camille sucks garbage? Yeah, Camille. Th- the thing is, Camille doesn't have drip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is Camille wearing three pearl necklaces, a beret, some like cut off capris, a sick trench coat, and a crop top? Oh, and gloves? No. Survey says no. No. <laughs> if he was, then their vibes would just kind of. They'd be in tune. Yeah, they would harmonize. Yeah. Yeah. They would be beautiful. <laughs> um. Then we're at this point. I think we're in like Armstrong Plaza. Hey. Yeah. This. Hey. I hadn't realized that the Armstrong Park was the the, the moonlight. I didn't. I didn't realize until yeah. I saw the moonland. They're literally there. Yeah. It. I. I actualized what I said the a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's the, the, I mean, we all know that the Fetties faked the moon landing. So, like, yeah, they, right, they, yeah, built, yeah, they yeah. built this, like, a couple of years ago. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that Lunar Lander. Oh, well, Lunar Lander is also certainly fake in fiction, too. They wouldn't put the real one up there. But, like, you, know, you got to make it feel special somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They got, you got to put the foot in, you know. You got you got to put that nasty foot on the moon. Where that yeah. foot at? Get those toes up in it. Yeah. Let me see Neil Armstrong's feet. Let me see the toe impressions of Neil Armstrong's footprint in the moon sand. I bet his foot got real sweaty in that big moon boot. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. They, we have fun they, here, they folks. sell little jars in the gift shop of Neil Armstrong. Of his foot sweat. sweat? <laughs> it's like Amber Girl bathwater. Yeah. <laughs> Astronaut foot sweat. Yeah, it's oh, like getting the no. sanctified like coffin water of a saint, except you're getting Neil Armstrong's foot sweat. Oh my god. It's the most it's... expensive thing in the gift shop, you know. That one jar of that will fund NASA for a year. Yeah, yeah. You know that hey, that's that's where that's where you are getting all their money from. Melanie Carbine exactly. who? Yeah. <laughs> it's just some moldy Gatorade, y'all. Like it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, come on. D- d- just ex- accept some substitutes. <laughs> But they're in the park. Camille keeps on feeling Sarah's vibes, and he thinks it's for something, something, you know, psychic influence of a girl. Mm-hmm. Reminds him of his ex. But also for ghost, like, kind of does show up. So her vibe yeah. is sort of implicitly present. Mm-hmm. She's, she's out here in the soup. She's helping out, you know. Yeah, yeah. She's just stirring that soup. It's being stirred. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, it's Sarah's trick. She's doing cool... Uh, I was going to say 9-11, but I mean Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> She's doing cool 9-11. Well, I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column yeah, B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's doing both. Um, she, yeah, she cuts open like a pipe and she has like a device that she sort of throws on in there and closes the door of the pipe. And she goes, oh, it's high. doop a doop doop She walks away and is kind of like, Hmm. Yeah, you know. She also pistol whips a guard. That was pretty fun. That was pretty cool. I oh, like yeah. to see that. She's like pretending to be lost. She's like, huh, but they told me to go this way. And then like, while he looks yeah. at the little like map she takes out, she just like bonks him on the back of the head. It is right. Yeah. She's just so cool. This Effective that, girl power. That's the kind of, you know, power you can achieve if you have the right outfit. Yeah. Exactly. No one will ask a single question if you look like you belong at the 2021 uh, menthol fashion show. Yeah. <laughs> 2021 menthol spring summer here she comes <laughs> here yeah. she comes uh but after this scene you know she's like walking out of the little maintenance building and camille sees her and you know, he runs after her and like she's like trying to like sort of cover for herself by saying she just wants to talk and like you know she saw him and got all nervous and you know d- d- flimsy yeah. excuses from sarah over here 
Uh, well, she, I mean, it's because she immediately, like, reads Camille for filth and is like, oh, if I if I pretend to be in love with him for, like, a little bit, he'll eat <laughs> out of the fucking palm of my hand. Oh, this kid is I'll 17, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't she like, also 17? Yeah, but she's smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's the difference. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got on that she does the exact same thing she did with cats, but except this time she actually does it really well and really subtly. Um, yeah. Because she's just like... You know, she runs away and he catches her and she's like, oh, yeah. And, you know, Camila's like, why were you running? Um, <laughs> but she she, she yeah. puts enough, like, genuine want to talk to him. She puts enough genuine stuff in that, like, it's very believable that, oh, she was just nervous. She actually really does want to talk to him. And it's just quite impressive. She's just so fucking cool is the thing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, so they start talking a little bit. Some girls walk by with some uh, with equally good drips. Uh, with oh some my ice god, cream. they were roommates! <laughs> roommates! <laughs> oh, oh my god, they were rival pilots. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. Like the girls are talking about like, oh my god, and like he didn't call you back after he gave you her number. I want to know their story. I want to know who these girls are. I want to know how they got those ice creams stacked six balls high. It's it's moon gravity. Yeah, there's less there's less gravity on the moon, so you can put more uh, more ice cream on there. Damn, we need to go to the moon right now. We got to go to moon stat. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus also it's what um uh, uh dipping dots, the ice cream of the future. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Well, at that point, it's a dipping. It's the ice cream of the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just make the dot. They make the dot really big. Um, <laughs> d- d- dipping dot. You get yeah, one. Yeah, dipping dot. <laughs> You just bite into a big cold ball of ice. Take a fucking dip, dudes. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah continues to work Camille over, being like, uh, you know, oh, uh, I wish I could just be like those girls. I, you know, I'll never have a life like that. Nobody ever thinks of me as a girl, no matter what clothes I wear, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just really, really, just kind of like you know, flaunting this look at Camille and you know, getting him uh, completely sympathetic to this kind of, like, fake little distraction that she set up. And Camille buys it so wholeheartedly that he's like, oh, you want ice cream? I'm gonna go get you ice cream right he, now. Like, yeah. books it to the ice cream place, too. Like, he, the boy is running. <laughs> it's really funny. And, like, at this point, Fa goes up to him and sees him buying ice cream. Um, and, like, he's like, don't worry about it. Like, go see Bright or whatever. I don't give a shit. And he, like, yeah. runs back. And, and it, see, he has the white ice cream. He has plain vanilla. But then he gives Sarah the pink ice cream because she's girl. It's symbolic. Yeah. yeah. He's, 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 he has the white ice cream and not the blue ice cream because he's neither girl nor boy. He's, 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 he's just simply he, Camille Bidon. He's simply Camille. Um, simply Camille I really Biden. like this scene. Like, it's still Sarah's it's so trick, good. but there's enough yeah. genuineness in it that it is, doesn't take away from how sweet it is. Yeah, and you do still kind of get the feeling that Camille isn't 100% trusting her and is, like, kind of trying to continue to feel this out from, like, the last time that he right. uh, interrogated her. Yeah. But still kind of thinks that maybe I could maybe I could get this girl to defect like Emma did. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like, he's at the ice cream stand buying ice cream being like, mm, I, still feel, I feel, still feel some weird vibes here. It's not just the ice cream. But I really, but I really want that Halloween, uh, that that Halloween Cold Stone ice cream. So I got to get some of that first. Yeah, yeah. He he gotta get like you know he gets a loser scoop so he can fill up the little stumps card and for the next time he comes back to VB, it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. In the in the extended edition, you know, there's probably a scene where like he's at the ice cream and he like yells over to Sarah. He's like, "Hey, do you want? Do you like it? Love it? Or do you gotta have it?" The guy's asking. <laughs> 
And she just like gives him a shrug. I don't care. Uh, if they remade Zeta nowadays, this would be a boba shop. Mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the but the bobos would be the size of the the dipper dots. Um, the bobos well, yeah. would be the bobos would be haros. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the great thing about the moon is because the gravity's so low, you can actually make giant boba. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Large boba simply cannot exist under Earth's gravity. That's why they're, they aren't yeah. any bigger they're, than they are now. They're they're boba fat. Okay, there we go, baby. <laughs> um. At one point, Camille tells her to enjoy her youth, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's, like, a little bit older than he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Go off, I guess. Eventually, yeah, Camille is like, oh, I, I, for a second, I thought you were another girl. Um, And then he does start kind of calling her out on some bullshit and kind of yells at her for having been mean to cats and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, just kidding. She's only 15. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So which makes all the deal with Optimus way worse. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Way worse. She's fit. What? Because when you're 15 and Dracula says he's gonna walk on Earth with you, you're gonna believe him. I hate this. I hate this. Zeta, stop. <laughs> Tomino, come on the podcast and explain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, anyway. he, he 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 he's like, why the fuck are you so into Papa Shirako or something? I can't I can't actually remember what he says, but Sarah does say, oh, can't you see? It's because I met Shirako before I met you, and I can't help myself. Yeah, bit it, of a I, weird thing to say there, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is still like her trying to like lean into like, oh, Camille, save me kind of uh, distraction thing of mm-hmm. like, oh, the only reason I'm with Sirocco is because I met him before I met you. Well, I think this is kind of some truth starting to come out because then they go into the soup. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, that is like... the sentence that triggers soup time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's, it's the sorbet. Sorry, uh, sorbet time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, do, have none of you ever had ice cream soup where you just leave the ice cream so long that it all melts and you're like, oh, well, fuck no, I guess I got ice cream soup. When I was a kid, I would do that with uh, cookie dough ice cream. I would let it melt so I could just like get a big spoonful of cookie dough, just like munch it in one go. There's a gelato place near here where you can, they have like a coffee gelato and you can get it with a shot of espresso poured over top of it. So it kind of like gets this like espresso <gasps> melted gelato like soup around it. It's mm. really good. And that's where Camille and Sarah are. Yes. Exactly. Because uh, like, yeah, Sarah was not ready for Camille to go sicko mode and uh, is overwhelmed by his killing intent. Uh, her pearls are glowing in, in the sorbet. Yeah, it's I crazy. did notice that too. That was really funny. You know, when you enter the soup, just like all every drip, because it's soup and it's made of drip, um, ev- all yep. the drip is heightened. Exactly. In the soup. It's, it's li- liquefied fashion. Yeah. Um, ah. And yeah, he like, he tries to leave. And at some point she's like, casually mentions that there's a bomb. And then he does, he, he does call this 15 year old girl a bitch, which is not cool. Ooh. There's like a good kind of like minute where like they're having a scene, but they are still in the soup, so everything is like echoey. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's because yeah, he says he's about to leave for the Argama, and she kind of like gets overwhelmed and says, "No, you can't go back there. It's safe." And he like continues to press her on it, and she's like, "Yeah, I've set up bombs all over the plaza and in the spaceport. This whole place is gonna blow up," which is kind of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she just yeah, kind of switches. Poptimus mode disengaged. Yeah. So I did a thing. 
Um, so I, uh, Max, do you think Sarah uh, utilized girl power to set up a uh, an a, a, an ex- an ex- a secret explosion in a civilian part of the moon? <laughs> Sarah's Sarah's doing the rightful thing and wiping Virginia Beach off the map. God, I wish. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm I'm simply looking away. So uh, yeah, at, at some point he like he he calls Fa. He like goes to this like sort of like PA room, like you know, in, in like some like public service announcement room, and he's like, so it was I can't hmm. again. It was kind of at this point that I didn't really realize it earlier, but this park is also like the airport or the spaceport even yeah like there's just gates it's just it's a park but also the gates are in it it's really really cool it's the world's nicest airport terminal yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah then he just kind of goes into the the place where the the person is like oh your flight is now at gate five yeah 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 <laughs> he gets on the pa and he tells fa to like go tell bright to leave and he like you know I think he like alerts everyone's like, oh, there's a bomb. Everyone needs to leave. Just, I fucking imagine that you work as the announcer at the spaceport and just a random team comes in and is like, hello, I'm with the military. I need to commandeer. And like, he's a 17 year old, right? And he's with a 15 year old. And you're just like, okay, I, I, okay. And the 15 year old starts, or the 17 year old is just like, well, there's a bomb that's going to blow up the airport. My superior officer is going to call you. Just do what he say. Bye. I'm going to go find the bomb now. He's got a rank badge on his on his neck. They don't just give those out to anybody, you know. Like, yeah, I would say I would simply believe him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doubting him, but just imagine you were just on your job, and what a day these women are having. Yeah, right. God, because <laughs> they just sit there. They're like, okay. <laughs> they're nodding intently. They yes, I believe. Nod intently. Of course. Oh, also, I noted that them the the bomb is going to go off at uh, at f- four. At four, huh? Hmm. At four o'clock? Yeah, four. The bomb's going to go off at At, four? It's going to go off at quattro o'clock. Ah! (laughs) Sorry, you mean Uh, quattro horas. Son son las quattro. (laughs) Um, And we get like a scene of like, I think Bright's like walking. I think, is he talking like Appley in the halls or something? Yeah, he's sort of walking through the arcana. He does give some exposition where he's like, oh, we got to go meet up with someone from Axis. Mm-hmm. While he's talking to Opoly, um, that, that'll probably never happen. Yeah, yeah, about how like they're not even going to get repair time because they need to launch immediately, and they're going to have to do repairs on uh, on the way uh, to, yeah. to make it to the ship on time. Um, and yeah, uh, also the the radish launches and it's full of boys. <laughs> Yo, they, they they pack this boy full of smaller boys, didn't they? <laughs> slapping like, like... slapping the roof of the radish. This boy can fit so many boys inside of it. It's just, it's, it's like a, just a funny conversation they have. They're like, "Wow, I can't believe we fit that many mobile suits into the radish." <laughs> Truly, like, it, it is a clown captain, and it is now a clown <laughs> car. I mean, I realize it. It's it's Chekhov's radish. It is Chekhov's radish. Yeah, and and, and like they've launched or, or they're going to launch, and then like Fa runs up, and she's like, "Oh, uh, hey, we gotta go now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's alert time. Um. Yeah, and then we, we cut back to Camille and Sarah. They're on the case. Um, Sarah like is like, oh, Camille, like it's I dropped it down a pipe. It's probably just somewhere in the de- depths of the airport somewhere. You're never going to find it. But then they kind of go to the little pipe and open the door again, and the bomb is just still right there. Yeah. So it's fine. Camille picks it up. They leave. Problem solved. Day over. Renee, Renee Magritte voice. It is in a pipe. 
<laughs> uh, here's the thing. Camille's uh, tiny arm can't reach it, and he accidentally <laughs> boops it, and it falls deeper and deeper into the pipe. And this is, like, this is a gas pipe, too. Like, this is yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a yeah. fuel line for the entire, uh, like, uh, airport. Like, the I guess the whole idea behind this is, like, and Camille says it's like, oh, wow, yeah, it's a really smart idea of you, Sarah. You were going to blow up this one junction, and it was going to explode all of the gas in Von Braun City, and just it, everybody was going to die, you know? Cool plan. Yeah. Wow, cool plan. Wow, cool plan. plan. And like as soon as as soon as this happens, Sarah's like, Well, sorry about that. I kinda gotta go then. And as she turns to leave, he like runs up, he like straight tackles her, and he's like, If I'm gonna die, so are you, and then like punches her and knocks her out. It's like <laughs> I Ugh, Camille problematic moments. Camille is the Camille is the like I'm a feminist. Yeah, I'll beat up a woman. That's equality. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you're if you really respect women, you should be willing to beat them up. Yeah. <laughs> Gr- granted, uh, if you found out an enemy agent was just going to walk away from setting a bomb up that was going to kill this entire airport, I, w- I would probably think you shouldn't let them get away. But also, yeah, Camille does it in a, a very um, it just uh, what a gross little gro- goblin of a boy. <laughs> and again, she's she's fifteen. Yeah. He could have at least followed her example and just like pistol whipped her in the back of the head because everyone can apparently just do that. Yeah, he, he could have like thrown an ice cream cone at her or something. Yeah, yeah. The the way he kind of like tackles her and pins her to the ground is a very fraught image. Uh, yeah, not not good, not good. Yeah, not good. He, he is in fact sitting on top of her. Um, you love to see it. By which I mean, yeah, you don't. You don't. You don't. Um, and now Virginia Beach is evacuating. Like the sh- the sort of shutters are up over the domes. It's all like dark. It looks like it's nighttime now. And he's, like, sort of carrying her through um, Armstrong Plaza. And he's, like, as he's carrying this unconscious 15-year-old, he's thinking, she's a pretty normal girl. Just normal. Yeah. What a normal situation I've found myself What a normal in. one. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. Is this when he kind of comments on her vibes where he's, like, yeah. it's weird. Her vibes are so normal. I can't, I can't yeah. really feel anything from her at all. Mm-hmm. Maybe because she's knocked out, Camille. Yeah. <laughs> it's called unconsciousness. Well, yeah, because uh, vampire spells end once the target becomes unconscious. Um, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then Appley busting through. Yeah. Hey, you bought, You guys want a lift? <laughs> oh, look, fancy running into you here. Yeah. Remember Rick Dias? I love that guy. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I love Richard that guy. Diaz. He's a cool guy. Richard Diaz. Yeah, He's Cameron's cousin. Day. Cameron's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say there's like a we a few sort of shots kind of emphasizing that the city is like very quiet and like empty when it comes to four p.m., which I guess means the evacuation was successful. Yeah, yeah. Because like Bright sure told them to so. evacuate and stuff. Pretty much everybody got out of there, got into like a shelter or something. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's good because as soon as they get back onto the Argum and the Argum launches, it fucking blows up. Uh, Just a comical amount of fire pours out of it's, Von Bronze. It's very large. Yeah. I mean, I guess it did ignite, like, all of the gas inside the city. Yeah, yeah. So it sort of makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, damn, that seems like a bit much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, listen, this it's a goddamn, but the drip on these explosions just, oh, you love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. It's very good. Um, so we get back to the Argama. Fa is kind of distraught. I think she thinks that, like, Shinta and Kum were, were caught in the explosion and that they're, like, dead, I guess, even though the whole city was evacuated and she probably might, mm-hmm. someone would know that. Um, yeah. But then we cut to what they've done to Sarah. Yeah, oh my god. And they, yeah, they, they put her in a mobile suit and they just hung her up on the coat rack. She's in time out. <laughs> they just stick her to the wall. 
just, it's just, a, a, just she's in timeout right now. She can't move anywhere. I, I guess it makes sense, like, you know, if you're going to have some kind of, like, uh, stick-them-to-the-wall device, you've got to accommodate for people who are going to be pretty tall. So when you put a 15-year-old girl in it, sure, her legs just kind of dangle <laughs> down like in a very funny way. She's, like, three feet off the ground. <laughs> yeah. And also, let me say... Definitely not the most effective stick people to the wall device. Does not seem to do a very good job. I think I mean, they improvised. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's probably like a latch for a normal suit. Not yeah. Like a, a, not a person holder. Yeah, yeah. You know, a coat hanger can hang a coat. It can't hang a person. Do you think exactly. they ever put Camille in that thing? I think every single time we don't see Camille on screen, he's in that thing. <laughs> That's right. Just constant timeout. Yeah, that, that's, you know, you know before Mr. Wong came on and was like, oh, we have to beat children up, they would just kind of put them in time out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. yeah. So, they, yeah, they're, in, like, they're interrogating Sarah, basically. Like, lightly interrogating Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like, what what what's happening? Like, and she sees, she says some stuff about how great Paptimus is, I think. I can't quite yeah, remember. Yeah, she does. She, she, like, mentions that he's kind. Like, when Camille's like, yo, this guy's a freak, he's Dracula, he's covering you in slime, and she's like, but he's nice <laughs> to me. Yeah, he touches me on the face for 20 seconds, and it resets my brainwaves. <laughs> you don't touch a side of my face, Camille. He does. We are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Camille kind of points out, like, uh, okay, but you did literally spend half an hour, like, literally helping me find the bomb and she just kind of doesn't really know what to say um but it you know it seems like her sort of shiroko brain mode was reactivated uh mm-hmm. by going unconscious i guess the brain freeze yeah. wore off mm-hmm. they gave her a hot drink inside the argomet oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah a little that a little that vampire blood warm back up and just get it get back in that brain case yeah um, starts pumping through again uh and this is sort of interrupted because everyone's starting to sortie because uh, Boy Blue is here. Yeah. To cause a problem. Uh, the Ham Robbies are coming in. And so everybody's Jeez. taken off. Um, I love the Ham Robbies so much. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. This, this isn't really like the full Ham Robbie showcase yet. But like, yeah. from what we know, it's very fast and it's very good at shooting the Argama. Yeah. Because it definitely blows off the tip of one of the runways. And like mm. this whole thing, also like uh, you know, a bunch of fire gets into this uh, that part of the uh, of of the deck, and uh, it actually shakes loose Sarah from the wall, so she can just mm-hmm. you know, fucking uh, fly out the hole in the ship. Yeah, there's just a big comical cartoon hole that it blasted through, and like Foss sees this happen, she sees Sarah flying, and then like Camille sees Sarah flying too, and as she's like, and she's like you know using a little like vernier backpack on her normal suit, and she DMs him. She's like, "Yo, that was pretty good ice cream. See you, dude." Yeah, thanks yeah. for the ice cream. <laughs> it was just really funny. Actually, I do gotta have it. <laughs> she like leaves him. She leaves him her punch cards. Like only six more. You get a free one. Yeah, yeah. yeah give him a five star review, Camille. They're great. <laughs> Pity they the got memories. blown up by me. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Peach. Yeah. Uh, and then Camille gets so mad that Zeta does last shooting. And it's oh my good. god! Yeah. I <laughs> literally did fucking Pogger's face because like it's just so dramatic. He's doing the he's firing into the sky in frustration, and while the fucking like Methes and the Rick Diaz kind of like flank him at the sides, like some kind of like Renaissance tableau of mobile suits. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. One perfect shot. One perfect shot. Actually, he yeah. does like three perfect shots. They're perfect yeah, because yeah. they're into the sky and not at someone. 
Yeah. Exactly. Uh, we we love when Camille points his beam say uh, beam uh, cannon into the into the air, fires it off, and just yells, "Brody!" <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one of the last scenes that we sort of get after this is like Fa's sad because she's you know her her motherhood was taken away from her because the orphans died in the Virginia Beach explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she's walking through, and she like sort of like goes into a room and she's very silent and then she like walks into the bathrooms and then she sees Haro who could apparently she sees, get she's, wet she sees wet Haro yeah everybody's favorite wet Haro <laughs> listen he was in the boba tea and he just got out yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's covered in sticky tea yeah and then Fa finds out that the kids were on the argument the whole time they were hiding in the bathroom because they they, they knew they knew that Fa knew that they hate bath time, so they thought it was the perfect place to hide uh, from her that they that she would never look. And wow, haha, we played funny trick on you, Fa. I mean, they were right. They were right. <laughs> the kids are all right. The kids are they're right. completely correct. Yeah, this means mm-hmm. that presumably that shower has been running for like four hours and no one noticed, and they probably used like half the water supply on. The oh shower. yeah, so, I mean like. You have to imagine they probably use some sort of like maybe like when they there's a certain mobile suit when they don't use it they use the reactor to power the water heater so they're able to get it back pretty quickly. Yeah, but it's but no like but also like you know you know that like this is kind of like kind of like quote unquote London water supposedly has passed through a person seven times before you drink it you know that's the the London myth right yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. they've got like a recycling device on the ship and the next time someone like goes to get a coffee it'll just be like why does this taste like a child. Because <laughs> they just yeah, used like, it you know, all. Every, every water you drink has has some amount of dinosaur piss in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's how it works. Yeah. Um. And the last thing we sort of get from this episode is just you know more of the same. It's like, uh, we gotta go say hi to our friends, Axis. Yeah. Name probably doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be no one interesting or exciting at Axis yeah, probably that not. will not meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up. Episode 32, Unidentified Mobile Suits. Listen, why don't you yeah. simply identify them? Thank you, Sarah. I was literally <laughs> going to make the exact same joke. If I saw a UFM, I would simply identify them. <laughs> it's my choice. Yeah. If I were Quattro Bajina, I would look at those mobile suits and I would identify them. Um, yeah. Rip to your Quattro Bajina, but I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this one starts out, Wong is pissy, as Wong usually is. Yeah. Fucking... Th- th- this scene kind of confused me, right? Because Quattro is like, yeah, I want to go back to Moom to repair, because that's important. And Wong is like, then I have nothing to say to you. We got to go to Axis. And then, like, Quattro talks to Bright about it, and is like, yeah, we kind of got to go to Axis. So, like, is Quattro just being antagonistic to Wong just for fun? It's, I hope it, so. It's it's like with the whole Jabbero thing. Um, like Quattro will voice his opinions about what he thinks that they should do, but the minute an, an authority figure says no, we're going to do this instead, he just lines up right behind it, even okay. if everyone can tell that he doesn't agree with it. It's a shame that he's sort of a coward and doesn't try to take charge for himself. Yeah, it would be it would be great if he listened to Blex and you know took a hold of uh, Auk. But yeah, I mean, it would be great you know, if he killed and betrayed Mister Wong. Um, I'd just uh, like to think you know, about it. It'd be great if, if you told his friend Char Asimble to take control of Ayug. Yeah. 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 But, you know, a coward that Quattro Bajina be. Um. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> you we trust also... the chemicals in your brain to tell you that you're new type. <laughs> we also do find out that he did used to live on Axis. Yeah. So just a yeah. fun Quattro backstory. It's nice to yeah, find these yeah. things out. Well, yeah. He, he moved in with Char for a while. Yeah. Finally. Ah, okay. we, yeah. Yeah. It's where that's when, when they were dating. Uh, you know, Quattro finally confirmed Zeon. 
that's, you know, uh, and, and he's probably so worried about going back to Axis because he's worried he's going to he's going to run into his ex, Char, because that's all it was a mess. It was a messy breakup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, Char took all the best outfits in the breakup. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he did. Plus, like, you know, Char's probably heard by now that Quattro and Amuro are dating, and that's going to be awkward, too. Like. Right. It's, it's it's a weird love triangle. It's not yeah. fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> we hate it. Um, And we, we, we cut to just another cute little scene. Funny Haro eat a hanky. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't, oh, wasn't it a sock? Oh, no, it, it was a hanky. Yeah. I just wanted to and compare him to a vacuum it. cleaner. <laughs> it's just like, it's like... Uh, Coom is or is Coom the girl? Absolutely girl? no idea. They're both okay. Shinto and Coom. Uh, yeah, I just I refer to them as Shum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coom or Shinto says Haro ate this handkerchief, and Coom or Shinto replies by saying, "No, you put it in him." <laughs> and then I forget who walks by. It's either Appley or Camille or someone else who just says, "Fa is in her element." No, she's not. <laughs> this shouldn't have to be her element. Yeah. She I mean, I'm tired just, of this. Yeah, she was just piloting a mobile suit perfectly fine last episode. Imagine, can you just imagine a world where, like, a woman could both be a great mobile suit pilot and a great mother, and, like, oh, perhaps even these things complement each other and kind of, like, drive each other? Like, the reason she's being a great pilot is to protect her children, but actually, you have to pick one. No, yeah, you get one. We've been saying this. Ugh. And you also get one. Ah. Who comes over and gives, like, he's kind of looks at the children, he's like, ugh, children. But then he also, like, gives them a sippy cup, and he's oh, yeah. really nice, actually. It, yeah. In this one very minute circumstance, you may have to hand it to him. Listen, horrible people can still give sippy cups to children. It doesn't make them any less horrible. Stop, stopped clock theory. Yeah, because yeah. the entire reason he comes over here is he sees Camille walk down the hallway, slow down for five seconds to say hi to Fa on his way to the hangar, and then yells at him for not prepping the Zeta. Uh, <laughs> and then comes in and, you know, is like, oh, this, this is, you know, this is a warship, not a daycare. And then gets a soda and asks the kids if they want a soda. And the kids are like, no. And he's like, you should be honest. Here, have two sodas <laughs> and they like look at they look at fa and she just like sort of smiles and nods and they're like yay it's just like okay fine that's an okay scene i guess yeah. um this is this is what we call uh uh everyday fascism uh this is wong fucking sucks uh yeah, yeah, he just yeah. has to yep, be c- in yep. control of everything because he views himself as the patriarch of this organization and i hate him <laughs> he calls himself daddy wong in his head i think <sighs> yeah Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we come to the mess hall, and, like, Rekawa is having dindins. Uh, Quattro comes over and is like, oh, hey, can I sit here? And they sort of talk. Um, their vibes are weird. Uh, it's a very, very un- like... awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, she's just kind of, like, dissociating. Like, he's like, oh, hey, you... I can't remember, but she gives him some milk. He's like, oh, hey, you gonna drink that? And he- she kind of, like, drops it, and he catches it and stuff. Yeah, it's just, uh, and like she like feels weird, and she to the point where she like walks away, and Camille like walks up, and he goes to Quattro. He's like, "Yo, is Reko being weird right now?" And Quattro's like, "I don't fucking know, dude." Quattro just fucking like you know Camille asks about <laughs> Reko, and he just sa- Qu- Quattro just says just vague yet ominous like non stuff. He doesn't answer the question. Yeah. He just says ominous. He, he doesn't stuff, say it, which he is says a lot of words without saying everything anything. that Quattro has ever said. Really. <laughs> He, yeah. sa- he says, for one to delve into another's heart, one must have appropriate experience, which I think is, is like Quattro saying, like, if, you know, you don't, you're not a worldly enough experienced person to understand what Rekka was going through to help her, but also pretty much, I mean, that's the most fucking, like, 
oblique weird statement I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he might as well have just said women, huh? Because Camille's <laughs> response is like, yeah, I know. Like, that's why I was asking you, because I thought that you <laughs> yeah. might know and might help me. Certainly not. And yeah, yeah he's just like, ah, to see the tears of time or some, I don't know what yeah. he says. It's just he, He's, vague. you know, uh, he kind of like, I, I feel like he's, kind of hinting that he feels like he hurt Rekua's feelings or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's vague. It's it's weird. it's weird. A lot of yeah. weird Quattro Rekua stuff these episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, um and then we, we cut over to the Dagosa gear. Yeah. And our good friend Vlad Tepesh is talking to Sarah and he asks her about Yazan, and he's like, yeah, what's that guy's deal? Sarah is just like, sir, he's fucking feral. Yeah. <laughs> sir, he sucks. He's mean and brutal. He's like a beast. I've seen him eat raw meat. I saw, I think he tried to bite another crew member. I'm not sure. <laughs> I saw him run up the stairs on all fours like he was some kind of animal. <laughs> I saw him, sir, I saw him eat spaghetti with his bare hands. <laughs> I and asked then, him like, what his persona was, and he showed me a picture of a wolf. Just a real-ass wolf. <laughs> so, so, sir, I saw him bring a bag of dog food to his room, and I don't think he has a dog. <laughs> I love Cezanne so much. And I, I think, like, I, is it, like, Papadopoulos dismisses Sarah or something, and she, like, sort of walks to an elevator? Yeah. yeah, she goes to an elevator, and this is out of Gundam, so you know some weird shit's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean like Yazan walking out with not, but not wearing a shirt underneath his uniform, so you see his little turtle tattoo on his chest. <laughs> okay, so this is a tattoo. <laughs> I love his turtle tattoo. Just right so in the much. middle of his chest. It's yeah. like it's like okay. It's important to know. Perfectly you say he's not wearing. You say he's not wearing a shirt. In reality, he's wearing like a cropped blazer and like a tube top slid down, so it's below his nips but above his belly button. <laughs> That's true. And, 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 it, and it's like mustard yellow, too. It's great. He's like, wearing, like, he basically he's wearing, like, a happy coat or something. Uh, yeah. And then the oh, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. The, the tummy wrap thing that I think was a samurai thing. I can't remember what it's he called. He has the same amount of drip Sarah had last episode, but, like, aligned in the most evil way possible. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a Yakuza villain. Like, straight he up. Looks, he <laughs> looks like he's the final boss of Yakuza 7. <laughs> I... I think he looks pretty good. His jacket is like he looks really yeah. good. Jacket has like a bunch of like patches on it and stuff. It's bright. Everything's bright yellow. Um, some like, but the patches are kind of like they look like brand logos. So he looks like he's like a sort of heavily sponsored like race car pilot or something. It's, um, they they look if you've ever seen like um uh like like a fighter pilot's like. Uh, just kind of like day to day jacket. They look like the they usually have these giant patches from like tours of duty that they've done, and mm-hmm. that's what they look like. Because usually they're like they're they're like one fucking huge, and two like they they're not always just a plain like rectangle or circle. They can be like triangles or like weird custom shapes. Like they get really fucking wild. <laughs> he, he has a patch on it. This is graphic design is my passion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. He walks past her. He's going to see Sriracha, which I think we see later. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's like a scene where like Wong is like, "Oh, we have to attack the Dogo Skier because then they won't be able to ally with Axis." Bright is like, "No, nah, this is stupid." And then Quattro comes in and is like, "Oh, actually, actually, I think we should do it. Actually, we should yeah. do this. I, I, I have yeah. a special plan. Let's do it." 
Yeah, because like the thing they're concerned about is like uh, you know they're basically like they they figure out that Dagosagira is kind of following them but not making moves to attack them. So it's mm-hmm. basically a race to see who can get to Axis first, and they can win if they specifically go and attack the Dagosagira to slow it down first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of the basis of of uh, their plan. And yeah, Quattro's like maybe I fire big gun. <laughs> <laughs> big gun. Yeah. Y'all heard about my bazooka. Mega bazooka, 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 mega bazooka, 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 bazooka. Okay, that's enough of that. That's enough. Yeah, we got out of our system. Let's have a funeral for all Rekka's plants. Yeah, Rekka was putting all of her plants away because what sounds like self care, except the opposite of that. Yeah, it's like he, you know, and it's also important to like some. Character moments for both these characters in this scene, right? Because we see Rekoa getting rid of her plants, which is like very, very sad and like probably very symbolic. And at the same time, <clears throat> at the same time she's doing this, Quattro like goes to ask her. He's like, "Yeah, can I talk to you in your room or whatever?" And he takes off his glasses to ask her if she wants to like pilot the battery for the Mega Bazooka. Yeah. And it's kind of probably weirdly important that Quattro specifically t- like, and it, it, the camera like zooms in on this. You see yeah, a close up yeah. of like him taking his sunglasses off to ask her this. So it clearly means like he's like being very, like, genuine and, like, actually, like, investing himself in Rekua right now. And he specifically yeah. takes off his sunglasses to say, I would like you to do this. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, like, th- this is, like, not even, like, me, like, doing a goof. Like, I-, I wonder if he's probably suspecting that she has some sort of, like, he probably knows she's fucked up in some sort of way, right? And I wonder if Quattro thinks that maybe this will help her if, like, he's like, I need you, you know? This whole scene, like... It's, it's just an extremely intimate moment between the two of them. It is. He does put his hand on her ass at some point, so, yeah. you know. I, I think the thing that feels really well, she different put about... Well, th- she put her knee in his crotch first. Carry on, yeah, Colin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I think I think the thing that feels really different about this is like this doesn't have the same feeling of when like Quattro and Amro were in the elevator together and he took his, he took his glasses off like that. Ge- that genuinely felt like Quattro was like letting his guard down around Amro. Whereas mm-hmm. in this instance, it feels like he's specifically taking his sunglasses off to make Rekua feel like he's making himself vulnerable and right. and making it like like you know it seems very much more manipulative that Quattro is seeing like Rekua is having a bad time she's putting all of her plants away it it could feel that she just doesn't feel at home in Ayug anymore so i have to be the person to to make her feel at home yeah. here by like forming a a more intimate bond with her, which it's always kind of there. There have always been tinges of Quattro and Rekua being horny at each other, and now mm-hmm. it's just Quattro's weaponizing the horniness. Yeah, um, their, their their ship name is is, is Quattro or sorry, Rekua, 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 Rekua. Yeah, um, you gotta say it four times. Uh, I think the only way that the scene would be more horny is if Quattro walked in in his underwear and a Virgin Killer sweater and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. You mentioned that you know it's like sort of almost like a facade of Quattro, like pretending to bear himself to her. What she doesn't realize is that he does have another pair of sunglasses on underneath his main ones that are just painted <laughs> to look like his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and like this happens, and like Requel like walks up to Quattro sitting on her bed, and like you know puts his, her knee between his legs, and he like puts his hand on her on, on her ass, and she has his hand on her hand on his shoulders, and it's like, and he, the whole time Camille is kind of creeping in the hallway, listening to this happen. By the way, yeah, like because yeah. he he was walking past, but then he as soon as he hears that there's people being horny in a room, he's like, ooh, gotta stop and listen to this. G- gotta gotta hear about this. Yeah. Gotta hear it. Yeah, uh, like it, love it. Like- gotta hear it. <laughs> 
And Rick was talking about how, like, she wishes she could start over, uh, that, you know, she could just, like, you know, throw throw away everything that's happened and just start fresh. And Quattro says people are, unaway- are unable to throw away baggage they carry until they die, which is ooh, a lot coming from Quattro. <laughs> a lot coming from Quattro, isn't it? What, you think that Quattro has baggage he's unable to throw away until he dies? Yeah, you know, his ex-Char. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, at, at some point, like, near the end of the scene, she asks Quattro if he ever cries, and he says yes, and she's like, I don't believe you. Damn, I don't remember nice... this in the sub, the dub. They have a, ni- they have oh. a nice, nice little smooch. Yeah. it. Um, I will say, this looks like the most unsatisfying kiss I've ever seen. Yeah, it's yep. just, yep. I just think that, because um, I read an entire book about sunglasses today. And there was literally a little chapter about, like, a mention of how, like, kissing in sunglasses is difficult and awkward. And so for someone yeah. to, like, be shown to pull that off effectively in film makes them very cool. And he does not pull this off. Or Reco, no, 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 they no. do not. It's just kind of their faces go against each other. Their, their mouths pressed against each other. And that was it. Yeah. There was yeah. no, like, feeling there. I've got a lot to say about this this scene and how it kind of like feels like it it pulls into a scene at the end of the next episode. I'll save that mm-hmm. for that though. But like, okay. this is uh, this is this definitely like this is immediately going somewhere, and I really I really yeah. like kind of they're they're showing a different kind of failed relationship than they normally do, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's not really like a failed relationship. It's more like a failure to start a relationship. Yeah. You know? Okay. And so it's funny. I, mm. What y'all like? What all y'all said is interesting. Especially since when I watched this, I, and especially considering the scene in like episode fucking like three or some shit when Quattro first starts talking about his pen pal, Shar Aznable, and yeah. she's like, Re- like Rekawa is there and Rekawa's like, oh my god, this again, like Quattro, you gotta stop talking about Shar. So that scene, and then coupled with the fact that like he does, like he takes off his sunglasses and is like, I would like you to do this mission, then like, they're kind of, they do horny, they do kiss. So I ha- assumed that they had like a already been in a relationship. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It definitely, I, I wouldn't, nothing about it seems like it's serious. I definitely think that they're, 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 you know, they've known each other for a long time. They probably have a fairly intimate relationship uh, already. Like the fact that none of this feels like a surprise to either of them when it happens probably means that, yeah, they've hooked up before. But like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, you know, they're capital D dating like the way that we say that Camille and Fa are or Fa and Four were or the way that like Henken is trying to do things with Emma. Like it it definitely feels like they have a differently intimate relationship that now like Quattro is trying to put more emphasis on as a way to kind of like hold on to Rekua or like make Rekua feel better. Mm-hmm. And it definitely comes through with how like weird and awkward and like transactional the scene kind of feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it almost, it almost smacks to me of like friends with benefits. And then one person tries to turn it into something Sorry. more and the other person doesn't care for that. Sorry. You mean friends yeah. with Bajina fits? <laughs> I just dubbed. Bajina fits. <laughs> Vagina fits. Okay, that, that's his brand of um, like protein shakes. Yeah, I mean a, a, <laughs> a like a friend with vagina fits relationship is where one of you pilots the mobile suit and the other uh, the other one of you pilots the mobile suit that powers the mega bazooka, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, what, exactly. what Jared. Um, no, wait, it's what Sarah and Moar. He he did that like two Jared ago. Jared Moar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you when you see a couple, you say which one of you pilots the suit and which one of you powers the mega bazooka launcher. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like the, the last sort of funny thing from this scene is like after they kiss in Quattro Rock's way, like Rekua, I guess she's like, like she like smacks her lips afterwards, but it's really funny. It, it almost looks like she's just like, no, that wasn't really that good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <sighs> That's about it for the scene, I think. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's like, they, they're going on like a, a, a thing. They launch. Uh, we finally, finally get the like Quattro Brigina launching the Hyakushiki launch sequence, which we haven't yeah, gotten yet. Yeah, a hundred years. He hasn't yeah. launched in like 30 episodes. I'm I'm glad that Quattro Vegina is finally back in a business. I really missed him. <laughs> I missed him. I missed to see my golden banana boy and his big gun. I yeah. want to hear Quattro Vegina say Quattro Vegina yeah. so that I know that he's Quattro Vegina. Yeah. You wanted to hear him say Mega Bazooka. Mega Bazooka. Mega Bazooka. Meanwhile, we cut to the Dagosa gear. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dracula. Oh, the vibes. Dra- okay, I love this, right? It's Dracula and the Azan are immediate bros. It's so funny to me. Because, like, I mean, it definitely comes off again as, like, you know, Paphimus is, like, really good at manipulating people. And the Azan is so fucking stupid that he's like, oh, this guy's my bro. I just met him day one. I want to die for him already. Yeah. Yeah, it's normal that it's I want to die for my bro who I met, like, one day ago. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have to touch my face. Exactly. He's like, Yazan, my... Well, he doesn't want to, because Yazan's probably covered in layers of nasty oils and yeah. grime. He, he doesn't need to, because Yazan's brain is so simple. Yeah. So, like, because Soroko is like, oh... <laughs> oh, God. look at them. Just, yeah. just, just look, look at, at those two bros shaking hands. Look just how sharp come. both their chins yeah. are. Yeah. They could duel with dueling chins. That's, <laughs> th- those are two different kinds of nasty vibes just coming together. Like, if they <laughs> right, made yeah. out, they get injured. <laughs> one of them's gonna lose an eye yeah. uh, but Poptimus wants Yazan to get in the Hambrabi and he talks about how like you know Yazan mentions like I don't really like that thing it's like has weird vibes attached to it and Poptimus like admires the way he can feel that like power that he emanates and he just straight up says like oh yeah those are my vibes I spread them everywhere don't you like my vibes don't you like my slime Yazan and Yazan is like <laughs> Huh, yeah, they're nasty. Fucking nasty, dude. Hell yeah. Let, let me shake your hand, bro. I love your nasty vibes that you spread everywhere. Mmm. <laughs> That's like, I mean, look, it works so well for Yazan because Yazan is just a little gross cockroach man that it works. Yeah. Papnus doesn't need to, like, really dress himself up that much. He's just like, yeah, I'm just going to be straight nasty with this fool and he's going to eat it up. <laughs> and, <sighs> and, you know, he's... He's accomplished, he's experienced, he doesn't have to gas him up like Jared or anything. He's just ready to go. Just, like, rip-roaring and ready to be a little feral hog mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. <laughs> 30 to 50 feral hogs. I like how Sarah sort of comments to herself, like, they just met. Why are they friends? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's like when you go to a party, you introduce your friend to someone, and, like, they hit it off immediately, and you're, like, almost weirded out by how, like, how much fun they're having separate from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's going to be, if I ever introduce me to your dad, it's my dad. It's going to be weird. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, all right, you can, you can go, Sarah. I have a new friend now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, Sarah's new type senses, like, sense that the Argama is going to attack. Um, Shiraka was like, I know, go fight them. Or I don't know what he says. They go fight them. Yeah. yeah, he says he says no. He says that line exactly. I don't know. Go fight them. <laughs> yeah. uh, he he does uh, he does tell Yuzan to hang out on the flight deck and and wait to enter battle when it when they truly mm-hmm. need him. And Yuzan's like, hell yeah, I'm here for that. I, yeah, let it I'm get a messy secret first. weapon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then fighting happens. Camille does like stomp on a Mara-sized head, which is it's pretty very cool. cool. Yeah. 
Um, man, like the Zeta, it doesn't feature that much in, in this like battle scene, but every time it does, it's literally like killing like two to three people. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, who cares about the Zeta? I want to see that mega bazooka. I want to ah, see the banana. Bazooka. Yeah. And the, the, um, you know, the banana and the Gelgooger, they're, they're getting ready. They're aiming. Uh, but Quattro feels the immense pressure from Sirocco's bad vibes. I do first want to point time. out that, um, where the, um, other mobile suit has like an ox cord, the Gelgoog has kind of more of like a scart lead situation, 21 pin thing going on here. Cause it's just <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Older model. Yeah. You know. You, you think there's a model that has like a sort of USB 2.0 and like they have to like flip it upside and down a couple of times to get it to finally take. Yeah. Uh, this is like my very first drawing tablet, which was like bef- like when Wacom was just starting to make commercial models. It was from a different company. So like there wasn't a big like, you know, push for like commercial, like, you know, uh, like wait, like tablets for like regular people. So I had this giant like like oh god like 8 by 12 drawing tablet that had like a 12 pin serial port that i had to put into oh, the gross. back of my uh, back of a desktop computer oh uh yeah icky just the technology from the middle ages eh yeah but yeah pumpkin is is vibes are nasty um yeah it makes quattro miss the second time He's like 0 for 2 on using his mega bazooka yeah. and Dracula saying, actually, no. He hasn't hit yeah. the, he hasn't hit anything yet. Two for yeah. two. Uh, but then, you know, we get we see Camille kill some more people. Um Yay! and uh, they get a second shot with the mega bazooka. We don't see him fire, we just kind of see the shot streak down. And it it busts open uh one of the the kind of like flight decks on uh the the Douglas uh, Gear? What, yeah, the Douglas Gear. Yeah. Um Yeah. And yeah, P- Poptimus does does not like the Mega Bazooka, so he tells Yazan to, to go out in the Hambrabi, my favorite yeah, mobile Hambrabi. suit. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> okay, all right, wow. Pretty I, good. Uh, I can't wait for the um, the rankings at the end of the season. We're going to uh, tear each other apart. So it's going to be so fun. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, and like at this point, Quattro, at some point, he had like four shots left mm-hmm. after he fired the first one, and like he, he fired everything. I think he only hit it twice, but that's fine. He, like, sends Rekua off, and, like, as soon as she's, like, free from Quattro, she's like, well, Pappas is right there. I might as well, I might as well oh, go say hi. It won't be that awkward, I don't think. Well, no, it's even weirder than that. He's, like, uh, they, you know, they've they've got a little bit of energy left, and, like, Rekua senses Sirocco's energy and just straight, like, takes off without telling yeah, Quattro. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not great. We just, she's gone. Okay, that's that's fun. Uh, I don't know what's going on mm-hmm. there. Um, Probably nothing. Yeah. Listen, you you see your friend across the the, the the bus terminal, and you're like, "Shit, oh, I I don't have their number. I don't know when I'm gonna meet them again. I gotta go." And sometimes you just gotta, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta. Uh, we get a really cool like showcase of what the Hambrabi can do because it, you know, like we said, it has five mono eyes. It like two on the head, one on each shoulder. I think one on the ass, probably. <laughs> it has these like Wolverine claws. Its mobile armor form is a stingray. It's just really sick looking. It has bell bottoms. Yeah. Ah. And he's just, he, you know, Camille saves a Nemo, Yuzan comes in, immediately kills the Nemo, and then just starts, like, fucking Camille shit up. Uh, and even, he, he even opens it up with, I'm amazed you're still alive, Camille. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Camille's, like, kind of in the shits here, um, mm-hmm. but he get, gets rescued by Rekua. He gets rescued. Uh-huh. And Rekwa just, like, body checks him, really. Mm. Like, she doesn't... Because the Gelgoog doesn't have weaponry or anything. It's just, like, a toy shell, basically. So all she can do is just, like, 
throw the body of the girl who gets things very yeah fast. i mean like you know when you're yeah. the one in the relationship that parts the mega bazooka there's not much you could do except body check a hamburabi yeah exactly <laughs> many are saying this um and then and then and then interesting to note paptimus is the one feeling some nasty vibes at this point yeah, yeah. i wonder what it could be yeah he's feeling a new pressure yeah, um, that's, Sarah that's is wild. That's crazy. Very impressed that he can like hear someone's pressure over the noise of the party. Yeah, she's like, oh fuck, I better concentrate. There's so many yeah. thought vibes in space. How can he pick that one out? There's so many thoughts. In oh, space. he's so strong. <laughs> yeah, everyone in space is a thought. Uh, and then we get a scene of our favorite asshole Wong on the bridge, who wants to send the methods out. And he's like, well, Reko is out with, with Quattro. And he's like, can you send Fa out? And then Bright just looks directly at the camera and says, I will never send Fa out again. Justice for Justice Fa. For Fa. Justice for Fa. <laughs> Bright- Justice for Fa. Bright is fucking cancelled. Fuck you, Bright. Never eat a burger in my face again, yeah. Bright, Noah. I will never give this man a burger again. Fuck you. We'll never buy from your burger stand. Marai would have sent Stop out. subscribing to the dichotomy of mother and pilot. I mean, why do you think Mirai's on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm so glad. Um, uh, Reko and Camille are about to get owned, though, and are saved by a beam barrage from a mystery fleet, and it's a bunch of mobile suits from Axis. Just the, a total shitload of mobile suits. The fucking Gaza is here, and I love how weird this this suit looks. It's such what a weird little mass pink? What if it's it was like, pink? It's this beautiful pink color. It's like almost like um, it's almost like a fuchsia, or is that more purple? It's it's yeah. more it's just got like fuchsia pinkish. highlights, which is really cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very very cool color. There's like a trillion of them, and you know that because they're pink, and this is a show in which gender happens. That all the pilots are girls. Yep. <laughs> and again, the title of this episode is "Unidentified Mobile Suits." Um, we just identified them. You're welcome, Tomino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking Quattro Get sees them and together. is like, "I know those mobile suits." He identifies them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Easy. Paptmus is the one who retreats this time, yeah. which is like, you know, something's wrong when Paptmus is like, all right, let's pack it up. Let's come back. He's later. like, oh, yeah. too many girls. Too many girls. Uh, yeah. Girl energy. I mean, he, yeah. He's like, uh, you know, he's just kind of casually. This could alter the tides of history. It's yeah, that's a normal yeah. thing to say. Uh, it's because he 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 senses a new character that's about to show up. And uh, he's like, I'm with her. Uh, he's ready. To, he's, <laughs> Hashtag I yeah. would. He's he ready leaves to go because he has to go post. Note. What if it, it's it's the Hillary H, but it's pink? God. Man, and instead of the arrow, it's just like the triangle of her hair. Like Yes! <laughs> oh, good. Delightful. Um, wonderful. What a good show we have. Um, and yeah, they're like, and they're like surrounding the Argama. They're not really protecting it, right? But they're just sort of floating there and like Everyone's returning in their suits, like they're on the flight deck of the Argama, and everyone's like looking around, like, "What the fuck is going on right now?" Mm-hmm. It's just like very, very weird vibes all around. Yeah, yeah there's like a scene at the end where, like, uh, yeah, Camille kind of goes up to Reko and it's like, "Oh, hey, thanks for saving me." Yeah. Also, like, why were you out there though? Uh, and she, she's very like uncomfortable with this and kind of like shrugs him off and like throws him off and sort of goes back to her plantless room which is very sad and desolate to see so sad yeah um and she's having she's getting like fucking sriracha's vibes yeah well Um, yeah mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not great we don't love it it. um no 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 yeah 
Um, here's the thing, though. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wife's here. Wife. Wife. It's wife time. Wife. Wife. Quattro senses wife. 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 <laughs> it's wife. I'm so happy wife. your wife has finally shown up in Zeta Gundam. <laughs> Oh man, it's great. Oh uh, yeah. Uh oh man. Uh this was who man. Uh my my actual real wife uh and I have done a couple of couples cosplays. This was probably like uh one of the first ones though. Uh mm-hmm. it's yeah. Uh it's great. I love it. Um yeah. Very funny that as soon as Haman shows up we're like, "Oh, it's Colin's wife." But then when Quattro <laughs> showed up, we did not acknowledge him as being Colin. <laughs> right, yeah, no. Sorry about it. Quattro is Quattro. Quattro yeah. says it so many times in the show. Okay, yeah, he yeah, yeah. He's Never simply Quattro Bagina. Um, yeah. He's simply Quattro Bagina, and that'll never change. Anyway. Also, my arms just aren't big enough. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. N- next time we hang out, Sarah and I will, like, stand on your back while you do push-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, 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 um, we will be cosplaying both shores while we do it. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. God, we're going to have... That's going to be so fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, all right, yeah, next episode. Wait, 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 what? I have a huh. request. Oh, yeah, you want to do your Can segment I now? Can I do my segment now? Because I just think informing our listeners about the kind of, like, constructed social meaning of sunglasses is important for us before we watch the next episode. Yeah, I can't yeah. possibly imagine what you're getting at, but I will say yes anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to, even <laughs> though I've already watched this episode, but uh, it has been erased from my mind and will only enter, enter back as I read ex- every line of my notes. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to get at, but I am. Yeah, we're I, going in blind. We're going yeah, in blind. I would like to, I would like to subscribe to your newsletter on this. <sighs> okay, listeners, this is my segment. Let me tell you about the history and meaning of sunglasses. This comes from a book which I read. I read most of it today, to be honest. I had the whole week to read it, but then it got to today and I was like, oh shit, I haven't read this book. This book is called Cool Shades, The History and Meaning of Sunglasses. Wow, Cool Shades. In 2015, uh, written by Vanessa Brown, who is the Senior Lecturer in Design and Visual Culture at Nottingham and Trent University, UK. So that's all the credentials. and That's where I'm getting all my information from for today. Um, I have shouted this out before. in a previous context of Quattro Bajuna as well. Remember the time his sunglasses got knocked off? Um, and I've shouted out the the podcast episode that I listened to where Vanessa Brown came, came in and like talked about this book. Um, if you want basically a free version of a lot of the stuff I'm about, about to tell you, go listen to the Dressed podcast episode about the history of sunglasses. Okay, so that out of the way, sunglasses. Would you guess it? We're going to go back to the 18th century to start this off. Yes. <laughs> um, because, you know, like, glasses, you know, have been used, you know, fucking, uh, like, Inuits had the, like, g- g- snow protector. Like, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about fashion and aesthetic and 18th century dandies. These weren't darkened glasses, but they had these little things called lorgnettes, which were kind of like glasses on a stick that you, like, put over your eyes exclusively just to pose with. Um, and the dandies had this thing, I don't know if you know like, the dandy is like a fancy person in 18th century times, I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, a fancy lad. A fancy lad. Their, mm-hmm. vi- their whole vibe was being really aloof and like projecting that they didn't care about anything. Nothing could like capture their interest. Like they were better than you. They were better than all that stuff. They didn't care about that. But then they had these little lorgnettes, which if they looked at you through their lorgnettes, you, oh, you felt suddenly special because one of the dandies had like noticed you. And that was how they 
kind of invented the concept of coolness. So fast forward to several centuries and keeping this idea of like aloofness and coolness and um, sunglasses kind of get invented and they get invented so that people could go really, really fast. Because um, when wow. real travel was invented, like railway cars didn't have like roofs, they were just outside. So to go on the rail, to go on the train, you guys are Americans. I don't know if you know what trains, you know. Um, you had to have like they they, they suck here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they sold these kind of like protective darkened glasses for people to wear when they were going fast. Um, and this extends to like driving. Like driving goggles became a thing. Um, for for like stuff for like sport and outside wear, basically sunglasses come onto the market as like protective gear, basically, and they have all these associations with speed and with danger and stuff like that. But then they also get taken up by the fashion industry or by fashion by fashionable culture. What am I talking about? Um, mm-hmm. because they allow you to just do the aloof dandy thing by putting on a pair of sunglasses. Um, because consider the memes of I am looking directly at it (laughs) and I do not see it, I am looking away. Um, so what a pair of sunglasses does is it allows you to project the image of I do not see it, I am looking away, while in fact enacting the funny meme of I am looking directly at it. Uh, and this is very appealing, uh, to literally anyone who has sat on the tube or a bus ever. Or being mm-hmm. in public, ever. Imagine just kind of having an accessory that allows you to sort of escape for a little bit. That's fucking great. Um, and because of this, sunglasses also have this association with like modernity and the city. Um, turn of the 20th century, urbanization, shit's getting busy, it's marketing, the city's bright and fast, you know. Everyone's like, ooh, gotta go fast. So sunglasses become like a thing. And they're just really associated with like modernity and the future because they're like new and fancy. And I'm going to kind of pause there because I've talked a lot. I could talk a lot more about specific um, associations that sunglasses have. Like I will talk about fighter pilots in a second. That's one I will get to. Um, But you know, the tanning culture happens, sunbathing culture, the film industry happens, celebrity culture becomes a thing. Sunglasses all associated with that. Like there's jazz musicians in like the 50s would wear sunglasses indoors because, you know, in the black clubs that white people would also frequent. Basically, they got taken up as a way to avoid being heckled by fucking racist white people who would go to jazz clubs. There's, there's a whole thing there. Miles Davis invented the concept of cool. Apparently, I didn't actually know that, that that term came from jazz. Um, yeah, and then white people stole it from them. Exa- exactly. Like, <laughs> yep. literally, every, my like next everything note else. is that <laughs> white, like, culture then kind of reappropriated, or not reappropriated, appropriated um, mm-hmm. sunglasses as like, a rege- oh, this is a rejection of social norms. We're doing such a deviant thing, except you just fucking stole it from jazz. Uh, there's a whole deal um and kind of as we go through the 20th century sunglasses keep collecting meanings on top of meanings but the thing that all these meanings that sunglasses have in common is that they are a way to set yourself apart from people to like conceal your gaze to conceal your intentions um mm-hmm. and just a way to pretend that you don't really have feelings 
Huh. I did. I did tell you that I'd talk about fighter pilots. Um, yeah, tell me about because them. that's probably slightly relevant. So you know, um, this was one of the most interesting parts of the book, and that you know that aviator sunglasses weren't actually worn by fighter pilots. It was just that their design was based on the goggles that fighter pilots did wear. And there's like a weird section of the book where she talks about how German fighter pilots, um, because they had to go and do fighter pilot shit involving like crazy stunts, there was this whole, Mm. to do crazy stunts, you have to like emotionally detach yourself so you don't fucking panic when you're like falling through the sky in a plane or whatever. So that meant that like the attitude and like the vibes that fighter pilots had Specifically German fighter pilots, because I think that was the source for, for, for this. Like, the vibes that they had when they were on the ground was just of being really, like, aloof and d- detached. And, like, that is one of the things that became part of what we all associate with sunglasses. Um, which I just thought was fascinating. So, not that this has anything to do with Quattro Bugina. Um, yeah, I just that's, that was a fun little, like, unrelated tangent. Those were yeah, some- I know interesting facts i would share i know i know he does wear sunglasses but i uh, quattro Vizina simply doesn't feel anything to begin with so what is he what would he need to hide he simply wears them because they look cool yeah and and so that when he goes into his tanning booth um he, he doesn't yeah <laughs> yeah well I mean, you know the, the saying goes you wear your feelings on your sleeves which is why quattro Vizina doesn't wear any sleeves yeah no feelings no sleeves only sunglasses no problem yeah, he Only you know sunglasses. he cries a couple times a week, and that's it. That's that's all the emotion he needs to feel because he's secure in his masculinity. Yeah. Uh, he sort of flushes it all out privately. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah. That was very informative. I like that. Yeah. I like hearing about how clothes are actually cool and not just a thing to wear. Thanks. That's defi- that's what defines my whole life. That's why they call mm-hmm. me Sarah Book Costumes. I was going to say it's in your name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, with, with that in mind, I, I guess I'll try and figure out to see if there's a link between what you just said, Sarah, and what this episode content is. But um, Who knows? Colin, what's the name of this next one? The Messenger from Axis. I just uncork a fresh one. <laughs> All right, there we go. So this is probably gonna be a normal. Uh, this is a normal episode, I think. Yeah. Well, we we can't. You can't pop one open for the boys because instead we're going to Wife City, baby. Wife City, baby. <laughs> We're going to the Guadan. Yeah. Uh, Quattro's like, um, yeah, oh, this, I, I, I knew this was Haman Karn's ship. It's the Guadan from Axis. Uh, it's Wife City. Um, this ship rocks. Yeah. Isn't it one of the, isn't it the same Xeon ship as like the pointy red one that was in the Ghost of Xeon episode? I, they, they sort of mention how it's like cobbled together. I feel like it's like a lot of different parts from different ships, but like I just love the Xeon designs because they're so curvy and weird and they like have a lot of cool, like just detailed warped panels over everything. It's not as geometric as the other sh- like ships we mm-hmm. see. It's just like, oh, they're very, Karn has taste. They've, they've got like a fluidity to them. The rest of the ships yeah, are like do. kind of blocky and cubular, but Xeon is just like, whoosh. It definitely looks like that kind of iconic red, like, uh, uh, one-year war uh, battleship, but it is, like, you know, it's so fun to look at because you can see so many different things. Like, it's got these big kind of uh, Orbis parts that are probably, like, long-term fuel storage, and it's got extra flight decks on it. Like, it is such a, uh, it's such a cool giant battleship. and It's uh, really yeah. sick. 
And we, yeah, and we, we're going to take a field trip to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we hear that, the, you know, the only reason that Axis has been able to build, like, a fleet like this is because the Federation has just completely ignored uh, uh, space since the war happened. <laughs> I think and, it's really yeah. funny because Bright is, like, they're looking at it like, oh, I can't, I, I, I can't believe they've done this. And Wong is like, yeah, blame the Federation. After which Bright just starts, like, side-eyeing him. <laughs> yep. He's like, I and have I'm nothing to do with this. I'm always Wong in general, so. Yeah. <laughs> Not, wouldn't me. But we gotta take a field trip there. So in the shuttle, we got Bright Wong, Quattro, Requa, Apolly, and Camille. I think Fa's like telling Camille not to go. Yeah, yeah. she hates like, it. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, I don't even want to go. But Bright told me I had to, so I am. <laughs> Bright, Bright signed the field trip form, and I can't back out now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they're they're heading on over. Um, it's very funny to me that Quattro is somehow while com- sitting completely still in a seat, just like just looking shifty. Yeah, I don't yep. know how he's done this. Uh, yeah, yeah. He hears he a range. really weird violin sting, which I guess is his specific uh, Haman Karn warning system. It's and, so uh, yeah, weird. He's, he's ready for it. Uh, and here she is in all of her glory. <laughs> oh, God. It sounds like yes. a goose honk was coming out of a synthesizer it's the weirdest noise i've heard in this show so far it's um uh, it is it is a completely natural noise it's like usually you hear it in horror movies or like in really like tense like thrillers uh a little bit as like a build-up to like more of like a violin sting but it's basically like kind of like slowly moving the bow like back and forth and up like the strings of a violin in a very kind of like mm-hmm. raspy way. I lo- it's such a good noise. It's real. <laughs> Damn, like, we mentioned this in, in our in our private. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have to talk about chat plugin, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but like the OST is so good because once Axis shows up, we get a whole another like batch of tracks we get mm, to listen mm, to mm, now, mm, and mm. they're all bangers. Like we hear bells in a lot of them, which I like a lot, which we haven't really heard before. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm coming off of this doing slappers only yesterday, so I'm still yeah. in like music mode a little bit. It's just like I really appreciate how the show does a really good job of differentiating certain arcs by the music that plays mm. during them. Mm. Yeah, uh, and definitely like the oh god, the like the battle theme for like Axis mobile suits is like the first time mm-hmm. that we we hear like a traditional like four on the floor drum kit. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, um, and as as they're sort of like you know they're transferring over to the Guadon and like. The the Gazas are just like buzzing them, just like being general assholes while they're yeah. going over there. But like you know, they can't do anything about it. What are they gonna do? And we get to see Zeon suits again. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, th- I, I miss these things. Sorry, because I, I I steamrolled over this, but there is the very dramatic moment whenever Quattro gets out of the shuttle and we get the inverse new type flash noise, and he sees wife. <laughs> It's wife time, baby! Wife time! Oh, man. I just wrote she with, like, 100 exclamation points yeah. in my notes. Uh, Haman Karn is here with her wonderful pink Nicki Minaj hair and her <laughs> her cool uh, Duchess of Space uh, miniskirt dress with a cape. Uh, I gotta love Haman Karn so much. Um, Count like, She's the only one who has more trip than Sarah. <laughs> in the show and, and in real even... life as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if if Sarah would have ended up uh, under like Haman's tutelage instead of Sirocco, uh, uh, this this show would be completely different. <laughs> no, yeah, one, oh yeah, no they would have won. Like them. Uh, easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. If 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 Paptimus and Haman Khan were competing on like Project Runway instead of you know like space warfare, flattened. Mm-hmm. Flattened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no hope. Yeah. Paptimus more like Flattimus. <laughs> hey, get his ass. So. 
they're all standing there like you know side to side talking to Haman from across the room and I think uh, yeah Wong introduces himself and he's like uh, take me to your leader and she has one of um, her access dudes like open up this like big door panel the, well, and it's like speaking oh, of doors just the entire big door interior design it's like fucking space Versailles I, I was literally gonna say space Versailles Sarah have you ever been like walking down a hallway and wish there were boy alcoves in it? Just like little alcoves in the hallway for boys to stand. Uh. The Guadan is a Dark Souls map. Listen, like imagine... this, is, this is the Anne Orlando of space. <laughs> imagine if the the radish put alcoves for boys. You could fit so many more boys in there. Oh my god, they could fit at least twice as many boys in there, couldn't they? Yeah. But big door opens. Yeah. It, it, they walk through the Dark Souls fog wall. There's about a trillion Axis soldiers standing in yeah. the boy alcoves. There's a fucking and, crane in here. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 who's that we spy sitting in the throne at the end? Why it's none other than Princess Maneva Zabi, the rightful heir to the Zabi family and the leader of Zeon. Huh? And she's so widow. She's so, a little baby. So you're a little widow baby. Sarah, stop. You're going too far deep. No, I was sitting in the throne. I'm sure the throne is too big for me. So when I sit in the throne in my cute little wet outfit, I got to sit to the side because it's really big for me because I'm very, very small. And my daddy was really big. Oh, when you're just six years old and you're just desperate in space and you've, uh, uh, you're gonna have a good time and you got all your little courtiers around and a bunch of soldiers and you're so cute. I'm gonna throw up. Uh, but yeah, from an across an entire football field, Haman yells the ma- uh, the, yells for the man with the sunglasses to uh, approach Princess Minerva. Uh, I, this is what this is about the point in the episode where I start going ape shit. This is the oh, point in man. the episode where I straight up stop taking notes because I was looking directly at it. I had my sunglasses yeah. off for this one. Yeah. yeah. So what what happens in this one? So Quattro walks over and what does he do, Sarah? Um. Well, first of all, he looks at me never. She's also little and cute. And then, speaking of little and cute, we get to see like one of Quattro's flashbacks, and he's little and cute, and he is also uh cosplaying as his boyfriend Char Aznavour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure Char had some extra uh, extra uniforms for him to wear. Yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a boyfriend uniform. Yeah, yeah, and you know yeah. they fit him perfectly, and he just—he looks very Char-esque and then yeah. wearing the literal Char uniform and the Quattro. It, m- it must have been tailored for him. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then uh, Maneva takes a second away from playing with her minion toys because she's a child <laughs> and she can love minions. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Shah Sha approaches Mineva Zabi and he removes. I'm sorry, Sarah. Who approaches Mineva Zabi? Quattro approaches Mineva Zabi <laughs> and he removes his sunglasses. And oh, with her little itty bitty voice and her tiny little vocal cord, she says, I knew it, you're Shah Asnabel. Oh, it's you, Shah Asnabel. We see you, Boyoe. <laughs> it's you. I'm not stopping. Is this Char Asnabel? Is Char Asnabel here now? Uh, is this a show? I'm breaking into a cold people? sweat. <laughs> Thirty-three episodes in, and the I cannot believe. <laughs> I can't believe it. Wait, Fucking you can't believe David- that Quantum Machina was Char Asnabel the whole time? 
They pulled one over on me. Uh, fucking uh, Quattro walks up. David Copperfield comes in, puts a sheet over top of them, <laughs> uh, rips it off, and suddenly Char Aznavel is here. How did Char, Char get is here? here, everyone? Where did Quattro go? He's gone. Where did he come from? Char's trick. I can't believe it. It's Char, my good friend from 0079 yeah. Gundam. Uh, Maneva says that she remembers clearly playing with him as a child. Even though Char, I was only two years old. As a two-year-old. Yeah, Char immediately comes in with like, you know you don't. You were two years old then. And like, she like yeah, nervously- he gives, like, he gives Haman the dirtiest look. Yeah, and like she like nervously looks over to like uh you know Haman trying to get like you know uh, uh adult support before she goes back into <laughs> she's like line yeah <laughs> and then starts like yeah like welcoming welcoming Shar back into the fold and saying that she she is so proud to to have him here to help her uh you know rule over space in the name of Zeon. Yeah, she looks over Shar's shoulder at the teleprompter that's on the end of the room. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which no one's noticed because they're too busy kind of freaking out about the fact that Char has appeared. Which, by the Char way, just kind of quickly go over like the four people's discreet reactions. Oh my god, it's so funny. Every single one is so good. So, uh, Mr. Wong comes in and is like, <gasps> Do they know each other that well? <laughs> Assuming he's just. Obviously referring to Quattro and Char. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not to Mineva and Char. Um, yeah. Bright sort of the way I've written down Bright's reaction, it says Shar exclamation mark heart emoji. He, he, <laughs> does, kind of, he does surprise Pikachu face. Uh, yeah, Shar, but he's he just he sounds so affectionate. Like he's just he's just he sounds very happy to see Shar again. So am I. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> Rekula. <laughs> yeah, Quattro Bagina. Yeah. <laughs> Be- <laughs> can't believe he's gone. Yeah. And then Camille's just like, nah, sub secret, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Coward good. that you be, Camille says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, Shar is talking to Maneva, and like, she's talking. She's like, basically like, you know, doing this pre-recorded weird-ass speech, and he's just like, walking up to her and like, looming over. He, d- he says like, Kosaku Kawajiri voice, Hayato. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the the point in her speech at which he does this is when she's about to go off talking about Zeon Daikun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, how dare you speak ill of my father. He, yeah, he just kind of le- leans down real close. Kind of like when me and Colin lean very close to our microphones and we're just like, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just leaning in close and he's like, oh, you're going to, yeah, they trained you real good, didn't you? Keep saying that speech. Let's see what happens. Let's see if you can get the pressure up. Are you good enough to do this? Are you an, are you a six-year-old girl or are you an empress? Come on here. <laughs> are you bad enough, dude, to lead the remnants of Zeon? And like he gets mad as hell at Haman. He's like, you basically like brainwashed her while raising her. Yeah. And he like just he starts to cause a ruckus in the boy room, doesn't he? Yeah. He does a very good job of fighting like four guys. Out yeah, because yeah. like whenever he leans in, Haman is just like Shazdable, and <laughs> yeah. he just Me fucking too. he fucking just lunges for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he's out for blood at this point. Oh, like yeah. it's fucking feral shard time. Yeah. He gets yeah. dragged off by like eight dudes. One has a machine gun. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. And they're all taken they're all taken to the brig. Yeah. Uh, I just before we completely move on for the scene, it's just right, yeah. I th- the biggest plot twist 
in this show is that like mm-hmm. Minerva seems to like genuinely really like like him, and he seems to have had like genuine actual affection for Minerva, last of the Zabi, and he just he just really cares for his little niece. Yeah, it definitely yeah, yeah like. <sighs> It really does give credence to how much of a changed person that he is. Uh, that, you know, when when he decided to become Quattro Vagina, it was because he had fully given up on this idea of, of killing the zombie family and wanting to yeah. find, like, something better to do with his life. And, you know, to, to come back... Because, you know, you kind of get the feeling that he's been on eggshells this whole fucking time being prepared oh, yeah. to meet Haman again. But just to see that Haman is basically trying to set up the exact same thing that used to happen before and is taking advantage of this girl's station and, like, pedigree to do so, when it seems like Char would have just liked her to have, like, a normal little girl life and yeah. maybe mm-hmm. gone into politics when she decided to as an adult, but instead, you know... Here we are. Uh, it's it's a real child pope situation. Yeah, because yeah. like the switch that flicks Shar into feral mode is just coming to terms with the fact that Haman fucked up this sweet little kid, didn't allow her to have a childhood, and he's just uh uh-uh, uh time yeah, to it, die. It's like you know, <laughs> she was a blank slate before. Like she was a Z- she was a zabi, but like she wasn't a zabi indeed. And now Haman is like turning her into a zabi indeed once again, and he's like, this is like yeah. It's just, like, completely, ru- like, ruining everything he's, like, stood for by now. Yeah. And everything he's abandoned. It's like, I mean, I get it. I get why he's, you know, berserker rage right now. Yeah. Uh, we love to see Shar Asnabel go, go apeshit. Uh, you could have just ended the sentence that we love to see Shar Asnabel. We do, yeah. We do. <laughs> Shar Asnabel's back in the show, folks. Just like, uh, just like Mineva Zabi. We love to see Shar Asnabel. <laughs> I, w- I remember playing with you when I was a little toddler baby. Two years old. I remember it perfectly. My brain is new type brain. I'm t- Do you think I'm people are going to hate um, Minevazabi voice more or less than the Minions bit? Uh, I think that if they've listened through the Minions bit, they're immune okay, to everything yeah. we can yeah. throw at them. Traveler, you on. made it this far. Oh, man. We need to... Oh, you know what I want? I want to take that... Hmm. Uh, that god the tiktok of irvine or whatever of like the little kid just oh, over and over just saying i like minions louder <laughs> and louder and just photoshop minerva zabi's hair onto him <laughs> except instead of minions god. she she is she's looking at the hyakushiki and she loves to see it because it's 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 a show but she can't watch all but she it's, a, it's a big yeah. minion robot. well as as we've established the the hyakushiki is just a big minion mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. exactly um Yes, that's about it. Yeah, for everyone that gets arrested. Scene. Yeah, they, yeah, they're in, they're in jail now. Um, they're all just like pouting and sad. And then um, Char goes to Camille and like basically is like, "Hey, I got a plan." And he's like, "I will help you, Char." <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. Doesn't, yeah, I don't think he it's says like, Char in the. Oh, that sucks. Dub. I'm not sure. That sucks. Yeah. Well, like he may, and yeah. I just can't remember. Okay, yeah. Camille's whole thing was just telling Quattro to stop being a coward and start, it, it, like, you know, call me when you admit you're Char, and now he is, mm-hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> I do have later that, like, Bright is still calling him Quattro. Interesting. And I think... Al- almost as if Bright is unable to reckon with um his, his history with, with Quattro and Char. Yeah, he knows. Requa might... No, I think it's just Bright. Though I don't think Requa says a name for him. I don't think Requa really does anything yeah. important in the rest of these episodes. Aside from, you know, anyway. Eh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, Quattro is like, or 
he's wearing the sunglasses, so he's Quattro now. Quattro's yeah. like, hey, Camille, can I beat you up? And Camille is like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I, it's, I think it's yeah. safe to say he, he's Char the entire time they're in the Guadan. Once they leave, he'll revert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, part of my sunglasses notes that I just really didn't have time to really kind of get to is that because they've accumulated so many meanings, putting on a different pile of sunglasses is just like putting on a new identity because sunglasses usually are a temporary accessory. So they're very much associated with like a temporary change of identity. So temporarily speaking, it's quite Okay. All right. right, I'll give you that. A temporary can be like seven years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, time's not real. Um, but yeah, uh, Camille beats their uh, uh, Quattro beats the shit out of Camille. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's it's very funny. Yeah, uh, and the guard is immediately like doesn't buy it. Is like it's uh, so this funny. Isn't real. I'm not falling for this. And then he just keeps beating the shit out of Camille, and he finally calls a doctor and goes in. At which point, uh, Wong grabs his gun. Uh, they stick him up. Uh, Quattro, you know, uh, uh, you know, stops beating on him and heads out to go do his thing. And Camille's just like really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like like spitting blood on the floor. Like I'm good, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. It's part of the plan. Yeah, like because Mr. Wong is like, all right, new type. You can stop pretending. And Camille's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I hope I didn't get beaten up for nothing. Yeah, it's great. Um, and like as this happens, like you know, uh, Chartreuse is where. He- Chartreuse is like put. He puts on an Axis suit. Yeah. He's like sneaking around, he's, trying he's, to find him yeah. on. He is. He is abandoned the sunglasses. He is back to being Char. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He is punching his way to. Yeah, he, he, his sunglasses can't fit in the helmet of a normal suit, which is a very funny through line that always happens to me. Yeah, like listen, whenever Char was working for Zeon, they made him a special helmet that could fit his sunglasses under it. Yeah, you yeah, have but now that he's now that he's gone, they've forgotten how to make it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we get a kind of sad scene of Mineva like sobbing terrified on the throne because she's afraid someone's going to come get her. Yeah, but yeah, the thing like, is, whenever she's really afraid, she 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 starts crying like for her man, for her man to come and help her. It's sad. And also, it's like, huh? I do want to give a brief shout out to her like coterie of women in blue dresses, like fucking like hand <laughs> yeah, her, tail her cool style fucking. Yeah, she has ladies in waiting. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, man, just imagine how much new type juice that little girl has inside of her to be able to sense Shar's uh, killing intent from all this the, this distance. Like, oh, I, I certainly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's only eight. I'm sure she has a bright future ahead of her in, in the Gundam universe. <laughs> yeah, she's a girl in a Gundam universe. She's gonna be fine. She's gonna be treated with respect. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Quattro, like, Quattro's going fucking sicko mode in the corridor, and like. Rekka, like I think, yeah, Rekka was like, okay, I gotta go after him. Camila's like, okay, well, I'm gonna go to. I've got to go protect a woman. And like as they're following the sound of carnage and violence, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Camila's like, hey, Rekka, like, wh- why do you keep volunteering to do all this dangerous stuff? And Rekka was like, it's, it's it's just in my nature. It's it's just in my nature. It's fine. <laughs> Need to know basis. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. She's too. right. Yeah. She's just, just completely, there's no obfuscation of truth here. Yeah, yeah, Um, okay. 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 Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Say so. the line. Yeah. So, Shar, Shar, Shar finds Haman in a hallway, and he has a gun, and she has a gun, and she has, you know, soldiers or whatever. And she, he holds hey, up her, his gun to gun her. her. And he says, I'm taking your life, Haman Karn. Uh, Haman is like, oh, so you've betrayed us, Shar. I have never even once betrayed anyone, Haman. 
And then the Curb Your Enthusiasm starts playing, and I, like, was blasted backwards through the wall. Okay, let me tell you what he says in the sub. In the dub. It's basically, it's the same uh-huh. thing, but it's worded slightly differently, which makes it way funnier. Okay. Because he says, not so. I've never betrayed anyone in my entire life. Ever. <laughs> ever. And I say, Sharazdable, I know this and I love you. He rolls a nat 20 in charisma. Oh my god. Oh, Just, oh man. The, mo- the funniest line, the most self-aware line the show has ever thrown at us. We can't punch it up. There's no way. If you would have told me that Quattro has never betrayed anybody, totally believe I it. would believe you. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I've watched this this anime called Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen a couple of betrayals from one Char Aznable, not in- including, but not limited to, blowing the head off of someone. So, you know, Im- impossible to say. I might have heard some Monday night football music that came immediately after <laughs> Char Estabelle has betrayed I somebody. genuinely <laughs> almost threw up laughing at that. <laughs> it's so good. It's just, just top 10 Gundam moments right here. It is so funny. It gets me so the, good. The, but the thing about it is that he says it with complete conviction. He says it as if he completely believes it. D- did he forget? <laughs> I okay. I have a different theory about this based on something huh. he says later, um, okay. which I guess I'll just go over it up because he says later on they do some shenanigans, and I think he says to Camille that he says the word "I am" and always have been a man alone. I have nothing to do with the Zabi family, so I guess in order to betray someone, you have to be loyal to them in the first place, which I guess he's never done. Because well, is, is the, the way that I would take it is that he, you know, his mission from the beginning when he joined the Zeon military was to get revenge against the zombies for uh, the zombies was to get revenge against the zombies <laughs> for killing his father. So I think, as far as Shar is concerned, uh, in in his in his heart of hearts, he never betrayed the zombies because he was always joining that military in order to kill them. That was always the plan from all along, and uh, the, it wasn't that he betrayed them, it's that they never saw him coming was the problem. Uh, I mean, I I feel like that, like, th- that feels extremely Char trying to, like, justify it to himself and going, you know, doing the mental gymnastics, going through great hoops to do so, because on paper... He absolutely did betray the Zabi family. Like, he gained their trust, got in good graces with them. But, like, I I feel like it's himself, like, you know, very imperfect human being that he is, trying very hard to justify it. Imperfect human being? Everyone's like, sure, dude. Yeah, um, definitely after, you know, eight years is really, really, really trying to just not remember the fact that he did kill his first boyfriend. Uh, (laughs) Very, very sad. I mean, there is there is no greater deception check that Char Estable has ever succeeded in than the one against himself. That's true. You never see it coming. Persona 5 voice. Which, I mean, big mood. Same hot. Yeah, yeah, you know. Congratulations. You played yeah, yourself. Yeah, I didn't have feelings for like 10 years. Because I was like, I don't need these. You can <laughs> you just turn feelings? them off. <laughs> I have feelings every day of my life. Just like, just, this is like Pete Gundam. It's so good. It's just like, this is perfect mix of like, you know, interpersonal politics just like stupid sci-fi drama and like the most like self-aware character lines it's just like what a good show this is it's a pretty good show chef kiss
But to uh, make fun is, the scene. You know, he is simply Char Asnabel, and he is here to kill Haman Karang. That's what's going on. Just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting enough, another, like, because Haman's response is like, I sent you to scout out the Earth Sphere as yeah, a reward yeah, for yeah, all your accomplishments yeah, yeah. during the one year war. Does no one know that he killed Kaiselia? No one knows. Like, does, no one knows this. No, that yeah, because that because Kaiselia's whole ship like got blown up. Yeah, everyone there, like, no one's gonna see a maniac in a normal suit shooting a rocket launcher, decapitating the last living zombie aside from Mineva, mm-hmm. and getting away with it. Yeah. You know, C- certainly, if they would have seen him do it, do you think they'd let him hang out with Minerva? Like, I don't think so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, he. It, it's like the Skyrim. Your last witness has been killed. You don't have a bounty anymore. Yeah. Like, because, you know, I, I, whenever we started seeing Baby Quattro in the Char uniform, I was like, hang on a second. He's still working. Yeah, that was like six years ago. Um, so it kind of brought that home. The fact that, like, as far as they know, he's still, he is, his name was always Char Asnable. Um, there's no more layers. There's nothing underneath. We've, we've got. He's a Zeon. He's a Zeon. Yeah, we've reached to the bottom of the identity, uh, pile. Um. No more identities. We're all out of them. All out of identities. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's like he was sent there, and I guess, like, you know, he's just like, all right, fuck this, I don't want to go back. And got real comfy there. Yeah, yeah. And then that led to this happening. And all it really breaks down to is just, like, uh, communication's important. You know, talk to people even if it's uncomfortable yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. If, 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 if he'd just talked to Haman Khan, I'm sure that everything could have been working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, instead, yeah, yeah. he had to start shooting her with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at, at some point, Camille and Rekua also show up. Yeah. And, like, this is when, like, it start, you know, Haman escapes, but not before, like, Rekua gets grazed in the arm by a bullet. Yeah. She, yeah. like, literally takes a bullet for, for Char. Uh, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, hmm, maybe she does. I mean, it definitely feels less of, like, an emotional, I will take a bullet for you, and more like, get out of the way, idiot, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, like, like, they come in, and, like, Camille is like, Lieutenant Quattro, he says, Quattro, get yourself together, or he says, get yourself under control. I've never seen you like this, ever. Yeah. Um, so I feel maybe some kind of context has changed for Quattro and um, to make him feral. Uh, I do want to say I know earlier I did say that um, uh, Sarah in that outfit was my gender identity, but also Camille with a pistol is my gender identity too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just out here <laughs> shooting people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Call just and get gun. there's a Star Wars like laser gun battle. For the yeah. next ten yeah. minutes, five minutes. It's like it, it's it's very Death Star reminiscent, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, we get yeah. that line about like Rekwa asking Quattro what the deal is, yeah. and he's like, "I have nothing to do with the Zabi family," with a completely straight face looking directly into the camera. Yeah. Uh, he says he was an independent man at all times, and then Rekwa kind of like repeats it back as independent at all times. And I think yeah, yeah, may- maybe there's a little subtext to her saying that specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who could say? Who yeah. could say? Camille also does because at the in this scene they're all they're in the they're in the uh, what's the name of the ship. The They're in the Guada locker rooms, uh, raiding the the sport uniforms. Uh, yep. They all get the Zeon normal suits, and Camille as he's changing is like, "Okay, Quattro, I know that you and that woman have different political opinions, but still, <laughs> but still, why can't we all just get along? Yeah, just at uh, Trump and Hillary supporters, they could be friends." <laughs> Yeah, you know, you can really get them together when you uh, get them to agree on imperial warfare against brown people around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> cool. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, we sort of cut over to the hangar and we see Appley and Wong and Bright 
and they're like having a shootout too. They're like behind boxes, and it's like the lights are all off, so it's this cool like they have a spotlight going trying to find. <laughs> like them. it yeah. is pretty yeah. much. It's like literally the, the end of Star Wars and you hope scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they shoot a bunch <laughs> of air uh, air canisters that like fucking explode and take out a bunch of soldiers. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, they see the red. There's barrels. one point. Yeah, yeah. There's one point where Apple gets shot in the leg and just like spins really, really fast. <laughs> Apple is yeah. out here doing six stunts. Yeah, bleeding out, but also doing six stunts. Yeah, that's the he's sickest fine. part of a stunt because he's sick now. The wound got infected. <laughs> exactly. He sprayed blood everywhere. It's really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Bright is here. Um, and like. Shara is like Captain Bright, blah blah blah, and but just I like to see how good uh, Quattro and and Bright are at like coordinating. They're like I I like them as a wee team. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. They, they've seen they're all each now. other's tricks, so they're they're well acquainted. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Torres is on the bridge of the Argama, just <laughs> like launching every single dummy balloon that they have. Hit the balloon button. <laughs> Hit it again. <laughs> and, and like Fa is here like the the balloons and he's like, Yeah yeah, the fake asteroids we all the use. Balloons, Fa God Fa, don't you know the balloons? The effective <laughs> just, warfare just... tactic of balloons? Well, it does. And then we cut to Haman the bridge. Like we can't shoot them through all these balloons. It's, yeah. it's like they like it shows like their radar, and it's like a hundred dots on the screen. It's like we don't know where to fucking shoot. It's too many balloons. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> balloons work, people. Yeah. Me at a children's birthday party. Too many balloons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're you're the clown that gets hired, and and they're like, "Can you make balloon animals?" Yeah. Here's an asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an asteroid. <laughs> Okay, the thing is, did you know I actually can't make balloon animals? I could make you a balloon dog if you if if you gave me a b- balloon and I I could do You're it. You're exceptionally Thank talented, you. I believe it. I'm a I'm a true Renaissance man. I could make balloon animals. <laughs> I don't think I could um, make an asteroid. No, actually, I could. I know I could make an asteroid. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like just kind of crumple it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, at one point, Fa wants like to take Rekwa's place because like they get back this to the so fucking right? stupid. Um, it's so stupid. Fa wants to take Requa's place, and because she's like asking for a medic because she's been shot in the arm, and she's like, "Huh? Is that a joke?" Like, Requa was here, just like, "Oh, I'll just take a couple of Tylenols. That's a pink color, right? And that it'll be fine." Oh God, it sucks. Like coming from another woman too. Yeah, and it's like, like Fa is fine. She's like a decent pilot. She'll be. Ugh. She certainly would pilot better than Rekawa is, who's currently bleeding out of her arm. Yeah. yeah, like the the thing that doesn't make any sense about this is, I guess the the reason that we're supposed to like be on the show's side that Fa shouldn't be a pilot is like when she had that big emotional moment after like you know uh, Von Braun got wrecked because she like had to go toe to toe with Izan and got her shit kicked in, and it mm. just seems like. Uh, We've seen so many other characters go through the exact same thing and not get this treatment of like, okay, well, you're not a pilot anymore, or even really like any kind of official, like, we're taking you off the pilot roster. She piloted after that episode, and like, now it's just kind of like come to this, we're not letting Fa pilot a a mobile suit anymore, and it just fucking, it sucks. It doesn't feel earned by the show, it doesn't make sense as to why they're doing it. It's just, okay, cool, we're shitting on Fa now. And like, the show has been as well, like, so occasionally, like, pragmatic about stuff like this. Like, yeah. there have been yep. moments at which, I think, there have been moments at which, like, there's been a decision of, like, oh, should I push on through NG or not? And the show has been like, no, you shouldn't do that. You should do the sensible thing. Yeah. 
But this is also the show that has repeatedly had like, oh, the kid's stealing a mobile suit. Let him. It's fine. We don't need to. We don't need to tell people whether or not they can pilot uh, mobile suits or not. And then suddenly, yes, we are. But specifically, just with Fa. You know, anybody else yep. steal a mobile suit whenever you want, but not Fa. I, I know we harp on this a lot, but I'm still not really able to find out what the main difference is between Fa and say Camille or Cats. I'm, I'm still trying to turn that one around in my head. Yeah, like. I, I think especially Cats is, like, a really, like, that's probably the good comparison. They let Cats yeah. do whatever the fuck he wants. Uh, like, mm-hmm. they're, they're both petty officers, I think. Uh, yeah, like, and, like, Cats gets to be normal now. Yeah. And, and Fa doesn't. Justice for Fa! <laughs> Justice for Fa. Welcome to the Justice for Fa movement. Uh, it only gets worse. I hope, my, I hope my membership card comes in the mail soon. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's fight... It's fight. They're in there. I, I do like that Rekua is in the Zeon normal suit still. So is Camille. Yeah, everyone. It's, it's like a fun little. They all look yeah, they're so all cool like this, they, in like the. Yeah. They don't have time to get changed. Just you know? the different helmet ship. that has got the little like point at the front. It's yeah. Good. It's a good ship of helmet. It's cool. Uh, it's also yeah. the only time we don't see Bright in not in his Federation uniform. Yeah. Yeah. He, he probably hates it. He's probably horrendously uncomfortable. Yeah, he's like, oh, I've got a simp to this institution, even though I'm actively fighting against them. <laughs> yeah. By joining uh, we also, we get the very important line of, Lieutenant Quattro seems to have returned to normal now that he's, we're back at the Argama. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. He's, he's Quattro again. It's Quattro's back. Um, Time for David Quattro. Copperfield brought the sheet back, put it over top of Char, pulled it away, and he's wearing sunglasses. It's Quattro Regina. Quattro's <laughs> trick. I mean, yeah. I already miss Char. I miss Char. Yeah, we got him for, you know, most of an episode, so that's nice. Yeah, we, we, we had enough content to, yeah. to keep me yeah, satisfied. Yeah, had enough short end. Um, yeah. Um, also, Yuzan is here, and he brought two yeah, yeah. friends. So, yeah. Haman is like, we don't need a sortie. The Titans are going to take care of them. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, yeah. Yuzan and Dunkel and Rasmus Dunkel are and Rasmus. <laughs> and they're flying their three Hombrabis holding hands in spiderweb formation. Yeah. That's probably going to be a oh, cool wait, trick. His yeah. name is Ramses in the dub? Ramses. No, yeah, it's Ramses. Oh, okay, I just okay, okay. Um, yeah, Dunkel and Ramses and Yazan and their spiderweb form. And long story short, it, it makes an electrified web yeah. that Camille just like walks into akin to like stepping on a rake. Yeah, it's they just funny. they they throw a net at Camille and then they poke it up to batteries and Camille passes out. Uh. And, and he's like, wow, I'm going to die here. Fucking Goodbye forever. Camille is always so immediately ready to accept his own death. Yep, I'm sure it's, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. And, like, Rekula sort of flies in to save Camille. And then Yazan says a thesis of all of Gundam because he says, I can't stand the sight of a woman on the battlefield. <sighs> he just says it. He said the quiet part out loud. I think that in the sub, he says something more along the lines of, women don't belong in the battlefield with us men, is what he said for Again, me. Again, not a cool thing to say, I don't think. Uh, you know, at least it's it's Yazan, the bad feral man, that we would expect to say this. Uh, I right, wish yeah, everybody good, else would not stop here. Yeah, um, I'm not fucking yeah. right who said this three times this episode in re- yeah. re- response yeah, to Fa. <sighs> but hey, we are also saved by a woman on the battlefield, though. Yeah, because um, yeah. Yeah, like Quattro gives the Hammurabi his feeties, uh, and there's a little <laughs> bit of a sword fight, and Rekawa senses a Dracula. And you know, um, just, uh, but Yuzan nearly kills uh, kills Rekua, though. Uh, yeah, everyone just yeah. everyone's eating shit in this fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then big big pink laser beam. Hmm. The radish Ooh. is here. The boys in Gundam Mark Two. Yeah, Emma and the cats. boys are back. All in the toys. boys. The boys are back. <laughs> Chekhov's boys have left the clown car of the radish and are here to fight. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's fine. And, like, Yazan and his friends have to retreat. And, like, Reku is still freaking out trying to find Dracula. Yeah. Very, very sad. Yeah. We get, like, a wee scene of, like, Paptivus sucking up to Mineva. He's like, oh, oh, little child, I would die for you. Yeah. You you will die for me, Paptimus. Thank you for pledging your life to me. I won't make it go to waste. (laughs) Minerva looks at him and she says, Then perish. Then perish. (laughs) Fucking Haman, like, in her head is like, The world also has clowns like this man. No, that line is so good. (laughs) She's finally reading Paptimus for who he is, just a nasty clown. This fucking nasty Pegasus clown man. <laughs> uh, and then we get the kind of final shots of the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which is we get to see Shara again, just for yeah. a little as a treat. We get just yeah. Shar as a treat for us. Well, we, we get this juxtaposition of Fa is so happy that Camille like made it back, uh, that he's okay, and they, they kind of mm-hmm. do huggies. And then we get this, we pan over to Rekua, and it definitely yeah. feels like the beat should be, it's it should be Rekua and Quattro like, you know, comforting each other. And instead she's alone, mm-hmm. and then we cut over to Quattro just kind of like, well, no, yeah, you're right. It's Shar. He's too busy thinking about Haman Karn, Zeon's ghost, and, and all of this stuff. Uh, and this is like, you know, I think the thing that, that's going on with Rekua now is she's realizing, you know, Quattro is more than what she what she thought. There's a there's a bigger man mm-hmm. to this. And, you know, he's really he's only been keeping up with their relationship for kind of like, you know, to do it, to keep to, you know, keep her involved with Ayug because she's mm-hmm. a valuable resource to him. And and he's been independent this whole time. You know, yeah. uh, whether that means from Ayug or from her or from anything else that just it feels like she is absolutely feeling completely cut off from this organization now. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it's like really because Haman Khan lives rent free in Shar's mind and <laughs> yep. has done for a long time. He like he is obsessed with her. Like he fucking says the line of I can't stop thinking about that woman or some shit. It's like getting a text saying we need to talk eight years ago and they never responded and every day you wake up afraid it's gonna be the day but it's just Shar really doesn't have it in his brain to have a intense relationship which isn't also explicitly a rivalry rivalries mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's rivalries only his his head is filled with nothing but his uh ex-boyfriends and ex-girlfriends who he has regularly fought on the battlefield uh it's just it's nothing yeah. but Amaro's and Haman's and Lala's all the way down <laughs> He can't feel unless he's looking at someone through a mobile suit and the other person's also in a mobile can, suit. Like, can, well, can, do you think he can conceptualize any kind of intimacy which isn't also accompanied with killing intent? Oh, absolutely not, Sarah. Well, this is this is kind of the thing that we've kind of been talking about of what what Char what Quattro was afraid of this whole time of of giving himself back over to that that you know that Shar persona and really acting on a bigger level is yeah he is when he does that he does kind of abandon his interpersonal relationships he gets too mm-hmm. caught up in in the schemes and trying to make sure stuff was right Quattro never would have acted like that Quattro would have would have given up on on trying to figure out what Haman's next move is what what AU should do and instead it would have just like made sure his fellow pilots were okay he would have gone to Rekula. Yeah. He would have gone to Camille mm-hmm. to make sure Camille was okay. And instead, he has slotted himself back into this 
uh, you know, this mode where he has to think of how is he going to save Zeon? How is he going to spa- save space noids from Haman, you know, allying with the Titans to take over space? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of fucked up. Like, he definitely doesn't feel like he's in a healthier space because he has accepted Char back into his life. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm just living my life and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, what's Quattro doing? Yeah, what were that fool's up to? Like, what's he at? What's he out here trying to accomplish? Doing good, it doesn't seem. I'm gonna miss Quattro, to be honest. Uh, But Char's here now, I guess. And I guess we'll go back and forth between the two of them a bit longer, but... You can see Quattro whenever you like by just putting on a virgin killer sweater and some sunglasses and looking in the mirror. (laughs) Uh, I have... I I have the sunglasses right on my dresser right now. I, you know, pop them on, throw on the wig... Delightful. The you'll have to wear those during when we record the finale. You'll be wearing those. I'm uh-huh, sure. uh-huh. Oh man. Uh, rip <laughs> to Quattro though. Uh, I don't think he'll be with us for too much longer. Um, well, we'll have to. We'll have to make use of the time we have. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the SpongeBob last day when Squidward has the bomb inside him. <laughs> That's also a pie. Oh man. Um, well, here's the time when we would be doing the segment, but. Uh, you've already heard that. And if you want to hear it again, which you probably do want to hear again, just rewind a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to do a timestamp. You just rewind. You'll yeah. have to find it yourself. It's a scavenger hunt. You have to work for it because it's a good reward. Yeah. Um, And I guess then we would be doing plugs now. I think that's how the show works. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening to my great segment. You can find more costume opinions <laughs> if you go to twitter.com slash costumes. That's where I am. I'm also on a now deceased Naruto podcast. We just aired our last episode. It was very good. Colin did make a brief Emmy Award winning cameo in it. So go <laughs> check that out at NarutoHead.band. I am also on a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast along with Max here, the name of which is Pod of Greed, which you can find on Twitter at Pod of Greedcast. Hi, my name's Colin. Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Pagetish. Uh I am so close to no longer having to be private. I cannot wait. I, I, I can taste it. I can sense it. Um, you can check out my other podcast, uh, MetaWatch, uh, and uh, find us on Twitter at MetaWatch and MetaRotch. Uh, it's going great. Um, we just did a, uh, I guess, um, uh, when this comes out, we'll be putting out the 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 mid season two parter, which was just a, a hey. great couple episodes. Um, yeah, love a two parter. Um, well, I've been Max. You can find me on Twitter at MaxBajillion. In addition to uh, Pot of Greed, I also have another show called Slappers Only that I do with my friend Jordan, which is a video game music showdown podcast. Uh, today, last week, if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, we'd been out an episode on Animal Crossing New Horizons, and we discerned what the best time of day is. Um, and actually, when this episode comes out, we should have our Halloween episode up, too. Ooh, so that'll be fun. Spooky. spooky. Um, we're actually, just kidding. The week from today. Anyway, regardless. And you can also find this show on Twitter at Wow Cool Podcast. And you can also find this show on the Noise Space Network of Podcasts, which is home to many, many podcasts, like I just said. Uh, you can go to noisepace.xyz to find that. Uh, this show and many more shows. And there's a new show on the podcast called Nana Roy's Nightmare and Era. <laughs> Which is a creepypasta podcast made by the world's own Roy that we all know and we all love. Roy's making creepypasta for Junji Ito? Junji Ito creepypasta. (laughs) I didn't realize because I was like, it's kind of a stretch to rhyme like nightmare with marinara. Those are said differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turns out. You got it then. It's very good. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm, I was the same way. I didn't get it until I said it out loud, and then I had to sit down. <sighs> Podcasting's good. Uh, I am I am happy that in this this uh, uh, this time of, of spookiness that Roy's out here making the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Um, sauce for the pasta. I'm also happy. Mmm, pizza pasta. <laughs> I'm also happy that, uh, Colin, I'm about to hear about your robot of the week. What is oh, it? Oh, no. Tell, um, tell me now. Uh, I was not prepared for this. Uh, my Good. robot of the week is Meta B. I love my son. Um, hey. He's small. He's yellow. Uh, he has laser cannons and heat-seeking missiles and an attitude problem. Uh, a little sassy, yeah. that guy. Ideal and combination. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes he dresses up like a cowboy and rides a small dog. <gasps> wow. Who, who among us can say that we haven't done that at some point in our lives? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this very normal episode where we didn't yell a lot. And my throat definitely doesn't hurt from yelling a lot and we didn't say We didn't um, do any funny voices. Oh, we didn't do any if, funny voices. If your throat hurts, maybe you should get some, some lemon tea from your mommy and daddy. And they can help you. If you and then you won't get a cold. And you can bundle up with a blanket. And uh, maybe go pet your pet Quain that's flying around in your throne room. I don't have a mommy and daddy, so I have to ask for my lemon tea from Haman Khan. Yeah, if you ask her nicely, Haman Khan might make you a real hot toddy. It'd be really nice. <laughs> my daddy was killed by Amuo Wei when he exited the big zam and summoned the psychic wage demon. I hope that uh, when I'm older and I have to have my chancho taken out, that Shaw Azurel comes back and gives me ice creams. <laughs> me too, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, you know, as we always say in the words of, of our queen, Mizema Zabi, woe is bad. Wow. Cool robot.